Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on a Tuesday installment of the program. Always brought to you by our friends at the Nimnick family of dealerships. That means Nimnick Chevrolet on Cassett Avenue. It means Nimnick Buick GMC located on Phillips Highway. You want great cars. I'm telling you, nobody does it better. I've been buying my cars there since 1982. They've been doing it since 1941. The place to go for cars, and I'm proud to tell you that, is my friends at the Nimnick family of dealerships. Hey, Carline is here. Lauren Brooks, Andrew Gibson. Whew, now we're kind of coming down, aren't we? It's kind of the come down. You really? I haven't, I haven't. You're had still that up yet. there? I'm still up there. I love that. I love that. Um, lots of people are talking Division about. Division champion. The, the, Jacksonville Jaguars. Absolutely right. And you know what? And no one can take that away, can they? So, so, uh, so, so that's exactly right. All right. Lots of things to get to today on the program. Fun stuff. Nice weather out there today. Kind of cool, but not too cool. Hey, we're weird weather. January, we have great weather. Yeah. We, but you know, it's interesting. It is going to be 80 tomorrow. You know this. You're like meteorologist person. I'm not, but I live with one. Yeah, and so 80 tomorrow. And rainy. No, not to rain until the afternoon. Yeah, that's tomorrow. Okay. So, but then it's going to be like. <laughs> I'd have to agree with her. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good point. Like 20, like 24 yeah. full hours of tomorrow? Dang it. Very well said. Dang it. Um, but, then it but then it's like, cool, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. So, the, so typically, as I've learned uh, from the meteorologist that I live with. Rain the, comes in, the cold front comes in. The rain. cold front comes That's in, so and rain up. will signify ah, that the weather's then going to change because it's a front so it rain, coming. Ah, who knew? Yeah, so, so rain comes in go. the afternoon, and then it's cold the next day. Purple right. rain. Purple <laughs> rain. So, uh, <laughs> hey, That's today, the extent of my knowledge. There you go. Hey, today is some fun stuff to talk about on the program. Um, what next? Is the, is winning. Our, yeah, yeah, winning. In, uh, what is winning the next, more. When, what is the next step? We'll talk about that. What is the next step? What, what expectations are fair? And Oof. what are not a Lombardi Trophy? And what would be uh, and what would be disappointing? Not any, winning the Lombardi any Trophy. Any losses? <laughs> so we'll certainly get to that. We'll talk about that. Other things we'll get to: uh, college basketball, uh, the NBA's Fast and Furious things. We just haven't had a chance to get to. By the way, you're going to blink at the Players Championship. It's going to be here. I know. I'm very excited. That's yeah, yeah. awesome. Riley Green. Riley Green, who I saw him for the first time in 2020. Okay. He opened for Jason Aldean. Okay. And then I went to Savannah, if you all remember, earlier last year, like a year ago last year, and he was the headlining act in Savannah. So I traveled ah. to go see him there. So I absolutely love him, and right. I am very excited. Well, very good. But if you're not a country fan, uh, tough luck. Was this your selection? You'd think they would have asked me, yeah. but they did not consult so you, so with me. I keep waiting. Fan. So you're a big fan of Riley But Green. I'm a big fan of Riley Green. Okay, so cool. if you had been asked, he would have been very high on Very list. high on my list. Yeah. How about that? I think we talked about, actually, when you asked me last year, Frank, I, yeah. he was one of the people that I mentioned. Like, well, I would love that? for Riley Green to come. Well, there you go. There so you go. I feel, yeah, well, today I was a win for me. Yeah. I, maybe, maybe they I, I, I do remember you going to Savannah for a concert. That was Riley Green. I did not remember who it was. So that was my first time getting to see him headline. And yeah, so he still sometimes opens, it depends. But I'm very excited. So this is a win for the players. If it's Brooks going to be approves, a fantastic play. If Brooks it approves, is. yeah, also true. Yeah. What else? For is military there? appreciation. I love it. What else is there? I mean, yeah. Brooks approves. So well, there you go. So, so the tournament's <laughs> off to a great. Time. So there is that. A friend of mine from college. Um, he's Riley Green's official photographer. So interesting. He he just did two shows in London, and he was showing me pictures. So oh, pretty good. Yeah, he's he's an up and coming artist for sure. Oh, very good. Riley I need an f- official right. photographer. <laughs> you do. I, Add that to my list. Whoa, 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 Things whoa. Things I need. Whoa, whoa. So let me stop this Frank program. Frank already has one. No, let me stop okay. the program. You don't have one? I don't. <laughs> Can you recommend somebody? 
Well, I mean, I can give you one of my four or five, but I didn't know that if, yeah. they, if they I, I, if they've got some spare yeah, time. I mean, I didn't know, if, but I'd I don't know if they'll want to work with you. I mean, oh, so I, I can blame I can them for that. that. Uh, spring training around the corner, Gib, right? Oh, I love it. Can't uh, wait. Oh, pitchers and catchers. We haven't see, we haven't gotten any of this stuff. We've had all this football stuff. We've been Braves are going to have a new TV guy. Who, yeah, so Chip, I, Chip Carey leaving. I, Gibby told me this yesterday. I, I, for whatever reason, I figured he grew up in Atlanta. I knew That's that, what I would have thought. I, I knew, but I knew, and I, Gibby told me he grew up in St. Louis, and you were right. I just didn't know. I knew that Harry Carey, before he was the Cubs guy, was the Cardinals guy. I didn't which, know that. Which, which meant Skip would have grown up in St. Louis. But somehow I had this, Gibby, I had this vision that Skip took the Atlanta job when Chip was a kid, but I guess that's not the case. Chipper's got a double. Andrew's got a double. I think I'll have a double. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> my, that's my favorite Skip carries. So. Yeah, May but, I make a suggestion for the Braves opening? Yeah. Andrew Gibson. Yeah, I love it. I'd be love awesome. It. That would be phenomenal. It, you know, it, it um, be a good it, call, too. I would love it. Yeah, we, it, it, a little, it surprised me a little bit yesterday, but then I got to thinking, like you said, so he's from St. Louis, his whole family, the Carey family from St. Louis. And, and many people may not realize that, as you mentioned, Frank, Harry Carey, he did the Cardinals games longer than he did the Cubs games. Correct. Uh, Harry Carey did the Cardinals games for 24 years. He did them for the Cubs for 15, but he was more recognized, more well-known for being the Cubs guy than the Cardinals. But, you know, it's good for him. I, I'm, there's a short list, I guess, of, of guys the, the Braves might go get. I really like Brian Anderson, who does a lot of national stuff. He's the Brewers play-by-play guy on TV. I'd love to see the Braves go after him. Um, a lot of people want Ben Ingram, who's the play-by-play guy on the radio, to, to be uh, you know moved over to TV. But uh, it'll be interesting experience for Braves fans because they're going to have a new TV guy for the first time since 2005. And there's going to be a new PA guy in the stadium because, ah. uh, unfortunately, he passed away. The Braves PA guy was like 53 years old and, really? uh, and passed away last mm. year. And he's been wow. the, he had been the PA guy my entire life. Mm. Um, just obviously huge, booming voice. I think Kerry Motter was his name. I can't remember wow. exactly. But, yeah, he s- suddenly died at like 53. So mm. they'll have a new TV guy and a new play- PA yeah. guy All right, this so year. How about that? So it's spring training right around the corner. So uh, how long? Three weeks. Uh, pitchers and catchers are the fifteenth. So how long is that? Fifteenth of February. Yeah, pitchers, so, pitchers and catchers on. Yeah, 15th. so about three yeah, weeks. Three, right? three weeks. When football and season goes longer, everything else gets yeah, shorter. Yeah, it does. The time before the draft. Mm-hmm. Love pitchers it. and catchers report. <laughs> so <laughs> it's glorious. All right, a lot of things we'll get to today. One of the topics though, I, I do want to have on the program today is what are fair expectations for the Jaguars? I, I, what would, what should we expect? What will the nation expect? What will the, the pundits expect? I've got some thoughts about that. They're the hot team. No matter what happens now, no matter how this thing ends, because and, – and the further Kansas City goes, the hotter they will become. If Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, and they're, and they're, they're two games away from that, then the, the, the steamier the Jaguars become. Don't you think? Well, and, and I agree, and I think even to a lesser extent, if the Eagles make it – let's say the Chiefs beat the Eagles – the Jaguars could have easily beaten the Eagles in Philadelphia had there not been the storm of all storms. Right. I mean, the Jaguars had the Eagles right where they wanted them, and then the weather got to them. And, and again, I mean, the Eagles deserve credit for that. Right. But I, I don't get a sense that the Eagles are far – and that was when the Jaguars hadn't really hit their stride yet. So if it ends up being Chiefs-Eagles, I absolutely think if you're Doug Peterson – you, yeah. you can send the message next year. Look, we played three games combined against these two teams. 
we could win all three games if we just don't make self-inflicted mistakes. That's right. They certainly weren't beaten by the superior team. That, absolutely right. So we're going to talk about the next step. What, what is the realistic next step for the Jacksonville Jaguars? What to expect? Uh, what your wish list is for additions that are within reason? That can certainly include guys that are on the team now. So we're going to look just a little sneak peek ahead. We've got now until uh, September, I guess, to do some sneak peeks. We'll take a look ahead. What's to be expected from Trevor Lawrence? What kind of numbers? That's on the program today. I also want to get into today the what's going to happen to the quarterbacks we don't talk about a lot. What's Lamar Jackson going to do? He's his own agent. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't look like they can come to terms. No matter how much John Harbaugh says we're not getting rid of him no matter what, you would think if that's going to happen. Um, Jimmy G, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, are they on the wrong side of whatever? Is there still hope left for Tua? Is there – I want to go through them a little bit because yeah. we love talking about quarterbacks, but where are some of these we, – we always talk about the four or five at the top, don't mm -hmm. we? So where, where are some of these – what, what are fair expectations as we move forward? And some on that list will rise and yeah. some will fall. That's right. And so, so take a, we'll take a little sneak peek of that. So we'll talk about that. A little sneak peek of spring football around here. We don't talk about that much until NFL – our NFL is over, so we'll get to that. Bill O'Brien has a new job. Got a thought or two about him. And, of course, we'll take a peek at those uh, – AFC and NFC championship games, uh, as, good a, as good a pair of games as I can remember in a long time. I'd be very surprised if starting at 3 o'clock Sunday, we don't have really good football. Yeah. Uh, I, I, wouldn't, you do, wouldn't you think? I would imagine the numbers for these games yes. from a rating standpoint. Yes. I mean, Jaguars-Chiefs did 34 with a peak of 37 yeah. million. Yeah. I've got to think these, these are going to be astronomical. You would think astronomical ratings games. And, and I would think the, the NFL is in great health. It, uh, it survived the pandemic. It, it survived the, the political posturing or positioning. It survived Urban yeah. Meyer. It survived Urban Meyer. And at the end of all of it, it's uh, flourishing like never before because, of course, it is, right? So, so all that coming up. Uh, later on, if we have time to get to it, do people care about college basketball when it's A, not their team, and B, not the tournament. I want to get into. It. We don't have to answer it now, but I mean, I mean, I'm serious. Do you care? Do I'm trying to learn. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You kind of. <laughs> you want me to wait to yeah, give the I, response? Yeah, yeah right? I do. I do. Okay. But do people sit? I mean, do. But I'm serious. Do people sit down and watch? I mean, last night Kansas and Baylor played. Right. That's two top ten teams. Anyone care? I know the Kansas fans care, and Correct. the Baylor fans care. Right. But but I but I mean, if it had been, if it had been Ohio State playing. USC in a regular season game, everybody's watching. So I, I, I want to get to that coming up later on the program. We've got a lot to do. Glad you're with us. Thanks to our friends at the Nimnik family of dealerships. It's the Nimnik Tuesday. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. I wish country music still got played on country radio. And I wish even cars had truck beds. And every road was named Copperhead. And coolers never run. In other words, is this, is this a big hit? Right. I know every word that probably yeah. every song. Every every word. So he's like a big, you're a big fan. I'm I a big know. fan. Most people probably don't even know who he is other than the one song that he released uh, not too long ago called There Was But is Girl. he like high on your country list? I really like him, yeah. Like how high? I mean, where's he on the? Oh the, goodness, how high? I mean, I mean probably, you like him more like all the rest of them? No, like, no, no, no. He's not like, he's awesome. just very recent. So getting to see him in concert is new, in other yeah. words. 
I'm call Jared Rice right now and tell him he got it right. I'll pick, <laughs> I may pick up the phone and say, Jared, you got this one right because Lauren Brooks, which Jared knows, by the way, he needs your approval on the Country Act. I mean, certainly I hope that somewhere along the lines they listen to yes. me requesting yeah. Riley Well, Green. if there's any question. Because I, I think I said to you, well, Morgan Wallen's too big, but someone next would be like okay. Riley Green. And Morgan so, Wallen is too big, unfortunately, at this point in time. Okay, sorry. So, Riley Green, so there you go. That was a Riley Green. Thought. I mean, it, to me, it's... <laughs> It's, there's not even a, a doubt who selected yeah, this. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt at all. So there you go. All right. So we'll, Which I think she did a great job. And we'll all be out there listening to it. Like is, I said, if phenomenal. you like country music, you'll like yeah. him. He's from Alabama. He's actually an Auburn fan. Well, I've heard I, the name enough that he must, seriously, I mean, he's a big enough name that he's a name. To, and, and look, the players know what they're doing. They get it right. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, go back and, you go back and look at all those military appreciation days over the years. Mm-hmm. They're good at it. They are good at it. And, uh. And you know, and I've got enough friends that have been involved in in procuring the talent. That's not easy, right? You know, and they and they've and they've done it, and it's hard. And but they're they're freaking good at it. You know, the players are good at most stuff they do. Yeah, and last they, year, remember Kelsey Ballerini was on stage, and they were yes. very concerned about the weather, and right. so she literally performed her last song, and then they got her off stage and got everybody uh, safe yeah. sheltering. But that's a big name. She's obviously obviously a big name. Oh, so, the, so, for so sure, they, they've yeah. done a great job. Luke Combs just became the entertainer of the year. He was here a couple of years ago. Yeah, so 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 congratulations to uh to the players for getting it right again and they got it right again. So good job by, by them. All right, what's fair? What's fair next year? I, I mean, obviously, let me start this. The the national local national pundits, everyone's going to predict double digit wins and and win the division. Yep. There no but I there will be very few except for the guy that's trying to predict the upset because everyone tries you, you don't want everyone to predict the same thing. But virtually nobody will predict anybody else to win the division. Uh, there, assuming Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady yeah, doesn't show up in Nashville. Good point. Assume that that's correct. Assuming something that we don't see happening, which I guess could happen. But assuming that doesn't happen, there will still be some people that will pick the Titans. And you can and by the way, you could make the argument. The Titans only finished one game behind them because they lost a the game at the end of the year. And they almost won the game of the year. If, if, I, if I'm doing a show in Nashville, Tennessee, or somewhere in the area, and I'm a Titans guy, I can certainly – forget, forget, the, forget the Jaguar standpoint or point of view. If, I'm, if, I'm a tit- if I cover the Titans, if I talk about the Titans on a regular basis, I can go to my, my listeners or readers or whatever I am, and I can make the point, look, it, it was down to a last game. We, we outplayed them the whole game. With Josh Dobbs. With Josh Dobbs. And there was a fumble late in the game, and they picked it up and ran. And it bounced right to their guy, and he picked it up and ran it in. Otherwise, we'd have won, we'd have won the division again. If I'm doing some show in Nashville next June and we're picking winners, I can make so someone's going to try and make that point. But by and large, the Jags are going to be the team that's upwardly mobile. The Jags are going to be the team picked by most to win the South. The Jags are going to be expected to have double-digit wins. Right, we all agree with that. Beyond that, what are fair expectations? I don't think there's anything fair beyond that. I think if they win the division and they're hosting a playoff game, they've met expectations. And then you just hope the ball bounces their way and they play well and they make a deep run in the tournament and maybe they do get to the Super Bowl. Uh, I just I don't see how, as long as you've got Mahomes in Kansas City and Burrow in Cincinnati, I don't see how the fair expectation can be go to the Super Bowl. I mean, it'd be great if that happens, and I'm not saying that they can't, but if we're talking about what, if I was shot, Con, what is a fair, for me to say, I'm satisfied with the job that my coaches and players have done, for me it would be defend the title in the AFC South, host the playoff game, and, and then you just hope you, you get hot. So to me, that's, that's fair. 
them winning the division with whatever record it is. Uh, and, you know, and, and I don't even think you can say a fair expectation is and win the playoff game because you have no idea who that's going to, you know, it's just to me, it's, it's hard to demand things in the tournament when you're still at this stage because they were at, at least one year ahead of schedule. So I, I don't know that you can then jump ahead and say they've got to make the Super Bowl. I think another fair expectation is more improvement from Trevor Lawrence. This is going to be his second year in that offensive system. He's got to take it to the level of 30-plus touchdowns and, and keep the interceptions under double digits. Good second question. What is fair for, for Trevor? And by the way, I agree with you. I, I think win the, divi- win the division. Win the division, get to double-digit wins. Anything else, everything else, I don't want to say everything else is gravy, but everything else is possible but not mandated. Because, so, oh, by the way, double-digit victories <clears throat> is just one more win than yeah. you had this season. Yeah. And, and again, and that still leaves room for, because I promise you, those expectations aren't good enough for the Chiefs or the Bills. And anything shy of winning the Super Bowl for them is a disappointing season, the way it is for Alabama and Georgia in football season, you know, in, in college football season. So, so yeah, so I, I would think that's a fair expectation. So, good question. What's fair to expect from Trevor finished the regular year 25 and 8? Is that mm-hmm. what it was or something yep. like that? Yep. Okay, that 25. was the regular season. Okay, so, so 25 touchdowns. And, and then, of course, he threw a bunch of touchdowns and the picks in one game. So, um, yeah, I would say mid-60s from a percentage standpoint. I would say – boy, 30 is a lot of touchdowns because Patrick Mahomes just threw 41. Um, yeah, I'd say fair – I'd say 28 in single digits I think is fair for me. 28 and 9. I would be disappointed if it's not a, you know, 27 and 8. Um, yeah. I, I may not quite go 30, Lauren, but but I'm nitpicking because I think your point's right. Whether I, whether I have the same number or not, I think your point's right. I think more touchdowns, same amount of interceptions. I think that's a fair request. Uh, I, I'm going to be a little bit more demanding of Trevor. Um, and, again, we don't know how healthy that this year the weapons were were very healthy. Um, but I, I think the goal for Trevor Lawrence should be the franchise record, 36 touchdown passes. That should be his goal. Now, that's throwing 11 more than he did this year. But I also don't think he's going to flounder for the first seven or eight games like he did this year when he was still trying to figure out what Doug wanted, Doug's offense. He's still a young player, I, particularly if you basically suggest that other than getting used to the speed of the game, his rookie year did him no favors at all. Um, so I don't think you're going to see that in the first half next year. So, you know, over a 17 game season, um, do I think he can throw an average of 2.1 a game? I think he can. Um, I, you know, he's going to go up against the Colts twice and the Texans twice. I don't know how good their defenses are. We'll see about the Titans. Uh, you know, and, and there's, there's probably going to be some games where they're trailing, not by a ton, but you know, I, I I would anticipate that this is going to be a team with a first place schedule that isn't going to have a lot of games where they're running the ball with nine minutes left because they've got such a huge lead. Uh, so I I think going from twenty five to thirty six and and surpassing Bortles is the single season franchise leader is a fair expectation. And of course, Blake did that in sixteen games, not in seventeen. So Trevor gets the extra game for that, and you add into the fact that. Whether it's Calvin Ridley or if they draft a receiver that's going to be that number one wide receiver, 
Trevor's going to have another great option in the passing game. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I, so I do think that. So, uh, so yeah. So Trevor better. Um, I don't know that I'll go 36, 36 would be the goal. I don't know that I'm going to be disappointed if it's 32 and seven, but yeah, I think a, a good year from Trevor. Over 30, I think is the absolute must. What do you, um, what do you want to see him do? We all, we all agree. You got to keep Ingram, right? Um, I absolutely think you keep Juwan Taylor. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think you've got to try and do that and try and keep Arden Key. I mean, I, I so all uh, three guys. We all, we all think all three. Yeah, I think okay. so. Uh, Trent Baalke had his end of the year press conference today. Um, certainly, he's expressing hope that you know they can re-sign all of these guys like like Doug Peterson did yesterday. Um, I think it can be done. Um, I've gone through it. I'm going to write this tomorrow. Uh, for 1010XL.com, but you know, I, I think there's absolutely a, a blueprint that the Jaguars can use to get the money that they need to, uh, to re-sign those three uh, and, and add Ridley and have enough for your draft class. I don't think there's much they can do other than that without you know, really taking uh, a, a sharper razor to the roster than what they want. But I think they can make comfortable decisions and – Keep Ingram, Taylor, and Key. And then what about Manhurts? Yeah, Manhurts, I think, is a league minimum guy. I, I don't think that's gonna cost very much. Um, you know, so I mean, I'd like him back too. Yeah, I, I think Manhurts is is not going to be an expensive ticket. Yeah, yeah, I and he probably wants to be here as well. You'd like to keep as much together if you can keep all those guys together. Where you are from a cap standpoint now, I got to believe it's going to be hard at that point to do a whole lot else in free agency. But I do think you take a look at what's out there, maybe an older edge guy. Um, maybe there's a corner that provides depth. I still I, – I don't think – I don't believe this, that you're going to – even if you re-sign all those guys, that you're going to get zero guys in free agency that weren't on your team. There won't be a splash guy, right? You're, it's going to be hard to get a splash guy. It's going to be hard to get volume of guys. But – Nobody ends the season. Everybody signs free agents. Everybody signs some free agents that were not on their teams, right? Every everybody. Okay, I'll, I'll bet for you. the most part, yeah. it, it, it's trickier for the Jaguars. They're twenty million over, right? Uh, is As the projection today, right. right now? So, um, I, I mean, it's again, it, it just depends on what, how deep they want to cut this. Um, you know, and and so I, I think the best. The best path for the Jaguars would be to retain, not so much to go get other guys, even like plan B, plan C level or, or that, you know, second wave, third wave of free agency guys. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point in time, there are going to be some guys that they can add as far as depth that aren't very expensive. But I still think that's not going to be very many. Yeah, yeah, and, and I agree with that. And, and again, we, I'll say what I said yesterday. You've got – You've got a good core that's going to be on your team. There's no way Evan Ingram is not on the team. There's no way. I think they're going to save Juwan Taylor. I think somehow they'll find a way to do that, even if it costs them some other guy. I think somehow, some way, you're going to have Juwan Taylor. I hope Arden Key's on the team, but I could see somebody else offering him starting edge money. Couldn't you? It's the potential's there. Mm -hmm. Just like I, th I could see somebody offering Juwan left tackle money. He had a really good year. When people go back and watch that tape, he had a really good year. And I and to John Osher's point yesterday, this could be the year that you mortgage your future a little bit by reworking some deals, moving money into the future. Uh, you'll have cap problems in two. Your window doesn't last forever. 
So you so you create some cap space now um, and, and pay the price in two or three years. They did not do that this year, so that's why they're in pretty good shape. But I could, I could see that happening. I, I think that's conceivable. But I um, – I, and I do think you draft – you're going to draft edge and corner, aren't you? That's what I would do. No matter where, no matter where it comes – whether it's first and second picks, well, you're going to draft edge and corner, and then you're going to draft depth, wouldn't you think? I certainly would think so. And, I mean, you might also draft in the interior of the defensive line, yeah, and not I, just edge. I agree. I agree. It, it's maybe a little later, but at some point you're going to have to, you're going to, have to address that. So we'll see. All right. Uh, we got a Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week coming up in just a bit. After that, in that same segment, I want to get to Trent Balky's comments today. Some of the things Trent said um, – Trent is a uh, whether you like Trent Balky or not. He had every right to go to that thing today with a swagger, particularly after what he had to go through. Okay, he was the genesis of the the silly clown thing, you know. So, um, interesting. We'll talk about that after this. Stay with us. And now this week's Scholar Athlete of the Week. Brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists and the Plumbers and Pipefitters Local Union 234 on 1010XL. Juan Bruce is our Duval County Scholar Athlete this week, a senior at Fletcher One. Congratulations and thanks for joining us. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. You are a standout basketball player at Fletcher. Tell us about the best game you've ever had. The best game I ever had was this year uh, in the championship at the Palatka tournament. I had 39 points, and we got the big win on the road, so that was exciting. 39? Awesome. <laughs> yes, sir. It's a lot of points. It's a, <laughs> it's a lot of points. So w- what position do you play? Shooting guard. You're a two-guard, okay. Yes, sir. And um, how many threes in that game? Eight or nine, I don't remember. Eight or nine threes, okay. Hayes, eight or nine threes in that game. That is fantastic. Yes, sir. Tell us all about your basketball career. Grew up playing. Tell, tell, tell me the whole story. Um, I didn't really grow up playing. I grew up doing a, more running because my family does a lot of running. But in middle school, I really gravitated towards it and picked it up. Okay, very cool. Because you do cross country as well, yes, correct? Yes, I did cross country. But basketball years. is your – Yeah, basketball took over. That's your favorite. Yes, sir. T- senior night's coming up. You said you've got three games left. What What's that night going to mean to you, Juan? Oh, it's going to be a lot of reflective – seeing a lot of the people that helped me uh, get to where I am and just it's going to be exciting last home game going to really bring it all in I love that now are you the most well-conditioned player on your team because of all the running in your family I'd say so I don't get too tired so that's nice I'd say so (laughs) yeah (laughs) tell us about your team a little bit about your your basketball um well we we the last few years we've had some really good players come through Fletcher this year we we have three really good seniors and um we have a kid named Cornelius Davis. He's playing football at Campbell next year, and yeah. me and him really lead the team as senior leaders. And we've we just finished. A, we had a seven-game win streak that just ended last week, wow. so we were rolling down the middle of the year. And this will not be your last basketball season. Tell us about your college plans uh, to play yes, basketball. Sir. I'm playing um, basketball at University of Southern Maine next year, so I'm really excited about that. And you've been to Maine before. Yes, ma'am. But not when it was cold. Yeah, that's going to take some getting used to. <laughs> <laughs> so so t- how tall are you? I'm six three. Okay, so six three two guard. I mean, tell tell me about the the basketball program there, uh, a little bit about it. They shoot a lot of threes, Good. which is which is my my thing. So that's going to be really nice. Um, yeah, they shoot the three at a high clip, so it's thirty nine percent, something like that. So yeah. where I'm else excited. did you look? Where else did you consider going? I was looking at a school called Grinnell in Iowa, okay. and then just some other um, another school in Iowa, Cornell College. So those were okay. my top three. Right. Yes, sir. One, tell us what your plans are in terms of what you want to study. I'm going to study business in college, yes, awesome. sir. What do you want to do? 
so the goal would be to play a uh, pro basketball overseas. That's the goal. So okay. we'll see. And who's your favorite basketball team? It's the Orlando Magic. Have you gotten to see them in person? Yeah, we go to a couple Magic games every year. Very cool. Are they ever going to turn it around, in your opinion? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. You think year. so? Next year is the Next year? year? Next okay, year is the year. I want them to get that France phenom. Is there yeah. any chance that they're going to get him in the lottery? No, nah, we don't need him. Okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> we, don't need him. we don't need him. Such confidence. Uh, Juan, tell me about, about – if you're a bad – obviously, you're a really good player. Obviously, you went for 39 in a tournament championship game, and you're a great student as well. So, so what does that encompass? We ask the swimmers sometimes. They swim in the morning mm. and they go to school and then mm. they swim in the afternoon. What is basketball? What, what do you – I mean, how much do you practice, how much, conditioning, all of it? Well, I mean, I mean, I start my day in basketball, not during the season, but in the off season. I'm before school getting shots up, then going to class and just playing as much as I can, trying to really improve on my craft and get as good as I can. You be. play in the summers or AAU Yes, thing? sir. In the summers, AAU, the last three summers. Sir. Okay, so you, you played a lot of basketball. Yes, sir. All right, very cool. Well, congratulations. Juan Bruce is our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. Great student and terrific basketball player and going on to play. It's pretty cool. You know what you're going to be doing, which is exciting stuff. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank uh, you. All right, Juan Bruce uh, from Fletcher High School, a terrific basketball player and uh, our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. Really good student as well and on his way to play basketball. Um, at Southern, that's really cool. I, that I, is really. I heard cool. he's asking during the break, uh, "What's your best game?" He said, "I had I had thirty nine, so I'm half half listening because I was talking to Tammy. Thirty nine, yeah, not nineteen. I think they still do like eight minute quarters. Yeah, they do. So right. think about that. 30, right. He, he, uh, the best part was the he said how many how many threes? He goes, I don't know, eight or nine. I promise you, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly how many how many hit the rim, how many didn't. That was awesome. Stuff. I played basketball in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, not in high school. I don't think I had thirty nine points in all three years combined. And that is that is a that's that, a great. Can you great imagine? Game. I mean, that and is, it, that. and he's the city. He's one of the city's leaders in three pointers. So yeah. it's uh, obviously he's a consistent player, uh, night in and night out for Fletcher. Yeah, yeah he he. I'll be, I'll bet you he just knowing that he made eight or nine threes in that thirty nine point game. No, knowing that he led, led the city or among the leaders in three, I'll bet he can really shoot it. You know, he he looked that he looked like one of those guys that could just you better you better box in one. You you can't you know they're not playing zone against Fletcher very often. I can tell you that. Yeah, you get you get that sense. So congratulations to Juan Bruce, our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. So Trent Balky spoke today about a lot of different things. I want you to hear some of his comments. The obvious comment was he was the most. Um, in some certain fan groups, the most disliked guy in town, there was a movement to get rid of him, the clown face movement. We all remember that. That was, it was kind of a get rid of him and bring in Byron Leftwich movement, neither of which happened. He was asked today, did you ever hear that? Did you ever get caught up in all that outside noise? We're paid to do a job, and that job's to put the best product we can out on the field. And I've never listened to the noise. The noise doesn't determine uh, the decisions that we're going to make as an organization. And I think uh, the, the best thing you can do when there's a lot of noise is put ear earplugs in, you know, and just go about your job. And that's what we tried to do. And, again, it's, there's never one person that makes these decisions. It's, it's a group decision, organizational decision. Uh, Doug and I are very much involved together in this process, and we involve everybody underneath us uh, to, a, to a, the nth degree. I mean, there's just a, a lot of collaboration that people don't, don't see behind the scenes. Interesting comment, and they um, put the earplugs in and go do your job. Good for him. That's the way to go about it. He also talked about the fact that, look, they got a lot of players of their own free agents. They'd love to keep them. I think you're always looking to keep as many players in the nest as you can. You know, you work hard to draft these guys or, or to secure them uh, through various methods, whether it's free agency or the draft. And 
uh, college free agency, the, a lot of different ways these guys come onto the team. But once they've proven themselves not only on the field but in the locker room, those are the, t- the core guys you want to build around. Trent was also asked why this season was so successful. There's a lot of things to point to, but I don't think you point to anything greater than, than Doug's influence as a leader. You know, when you have a, someone at the, at the top that's as steady as Doug is, uh, as fearless as he is, and really as authentic. You know, those are the th- three things that I think of when I think of the way Doug's led this organization and this football team that really stand out. And, and people get behind that. You know, when you're authentic, you're the same guy every day and you're fearless as a leader. Uh, people, you know, players, staff, uh, fan bases, you know, it's, it's encouraging and it's engaging. And of all the players uh, that you want to keep in the nest, as he says, I can't imagine anyone's more important than tight end Evan Ingram. You know, obviously we'd love to have Evan back. You know, and Evan and I visited yesterday as he visit, went around the building and visited with everybody. I think it's mutual. Now we got to make it happen. You know, so that's something that we're going to work on with Evan and, and all the other free agents that we have. We have a list of them that we got to we got to mow down one at a time. The comments of Trent Balky, the uh, general manager of the uh, Jaguars, uh, he did a good job. I mean, there, there's whether it's him, whether it's Doug, whether it's the scouts, I would say given what they were dealing with a year out, it's a pretty good roster. It's not a great roster. It's not a perfect roster, but it's a pretty good roster. I think so. I mean, I think when you look at it next year, I think it's a, I do think it's a fair expectation uh, to hope that there can be three or four Pro Bowl-level players on this team. You know, that's Trevor's a good candidate. Etienne's going to be a good candidate. I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a good candidate if he comes back uh, like the same player he was in Atlanta. Uh, I certainly think Ingram and Kirk uh, could be in that, in that running. Perhaps you see an offensive lineman. Uh, and then defensively, I think Tyson Campbell has a chance to be in that conversation. Certainly a Luakon. He's won the tackling title in the league the last two years. That's got to count for something at some point. And, uh, you know, we'll see about Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, guys like that, young guys that best football's ahead of them. I mean, so they're not all going to have huge years, but the point is they don't all have to. If, you, if, if three or four of those guys have huge years, then you'd have way more pro bowlers than you had this year, I think, which you was did. none. Right, which was none. Uh, they, you can argue they probably should have had one or two, but that's neither here nor there at this point in time. It, they should have Pro Bowlers next season because they'll be a much better team and they won't go through that losing streak. But I think, Frank, people are still going to analyze. I think they did a great job, but people are still going to analyze and overanalyze the first-round draft picks from this year. And Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd at moments didn't play as well as people expected them to. And so when you look at that draft, you say, well, if Trent Baalke had instead picked Sauce Gardner and had instead then picked George Karloftis, just for example, like – would this team have been in the AFC championship if you had swapped out those two picks? And, and those are the types of things. Hopefully those guys obviously are, are much better next season. Here's what I'll tell you. His off season was last season. Free agency alone. Foye Aluakon. A plus. Evan Ingram. A plus. Christian Kirk. A. Zay Jones. B plus. Brandon Sheriff. B. Foley Fadakasi. C. Okay. That's a pretty good. That's good. That's, that's one, good grade. two, three, four, five. That's six guys who pretty much started every game last year. Roy Robertson Harris, Rayshon Jenkins, the Shaq Griffin thing didn't work out. Injuries or whatever. And he got hurt. He was fine his first year. Yeah, he, right. He just, yeah, just his second year wasn't it. He, he got hurt. 
So that's that's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's eight free agents. To your point about draft picks this year, Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, Chad Moma, and Luke Fortner, all were key players, key rookies, you know, on a team that got to the final eight of the NFL. The uh, say what you want about Trayvon and Devin Lloyd, but other than the one or two games Lloyd didn't start in the middle of the season, they started every game. They played huge amount of plays every game. They didn't have great stats. At least Trayvon didn't have the stats you want from a pass rusher. Um, but they were a huge part. He did a good job. He, they did a really good job of building that team. Now, if Trayvon Walker, to your point, is the number one pick and the, the number one overall pick, at some point he's got to have stats. You, you, if, uh, if four years from now, Trayvon Walker, we're still saying you know, he, he, he impacted games. Yeah, he, was, uh, he was hard to block. He, he drew double teams. He just didn't have a lot of stats. Well, that's probably not what you want from a guy who's picked first overall. I mean, he was picked first overall. But I, uh, I'm telling you, there's some misses. There's always going to be some misses. But there is a, he, they've done a good job building this team. Hard to argue. Yes, and I, I mean, it's not Trayvon's fault that he did miss a couple games due to injury, and then also they weren't sure exactly where to play him. And so even though they said before the season, we're only going to play him at one position, that obviously changed through the yeah. season, and it's a little bit harder to get those types of stats when you're playing inside. And I'm still not sure. They're where to play him. They know where to play him. I, I'm still not, I still think he's he's a better hand on the ground guy. So it's ironic to me because from a stats perspective, I think Trayvon was better than his stats would indicate, and I don't think Lloyd was as good as his stats would indicate. I mean, you look at Devin Lloyd's end of year numbers. I think anybody in April would have been like, <laughs> sign up for that right now. Uh, but but those stats don't tell you the lulls that he had and the bad games that he had. Trayvon, I think, was pretty consistent in terms of being disruptive. Um, and we talked about that before the season, that don't expect crazy gaudy sack numbers because there's a lot of elite pass rushers in this league that n didn't do much as rookies from a stats perspective, then really took off in their second year. But I, you know, I thought Trayvon had a pretty good year, but his stats don't show that. But I think in terms of the disruption and the plays that Others made because of something he did, the holding penalties that he drew. Uh, you know, I think it's pretty substantial. And then, you know, again, that's a stat that we don't, you know, no one keeps up with. But just off the top of my head, I can think of four holding right. penalties that Trayvon Walker drew. That's right. Yeah, he's a good player. It's just, and I and I and I think he's going to be a. Very, I have no doubt he's going to be a good player. But I also know if in four years, if Hutchinson has 12, 13 sacks a year and Trayvon has four or five. He's going to get criticized. Sure, oh, there's, yeah, there's no absolutely. getting around that. No, so, so absolutely. We'll, I will take a break. When we come back, I want to get I, I want to get to college football and a thought about coaches and tenure and hiring and firing. I got a thought about that. It comes from the uh, uh, Hicken and I did our podcast, uh, All Things Gators podcast. That's next. Stay with us. Always an Imnick Tuesday here on the Frangie Show. Frank Frangie, he's Carline Andrew Gibson. I'm Lauren Brooks with you. We've talked a ton of Jaguars football so far this week, but let's get it to college football. Frank, you have a thought on how long coaches will coach? So, uh, so Hick and I are doing the podcast today about the Gators, and the Gators fans are all are very upset um, that they didn't get every recruit and every portal guy. So I talked about it. So, uh, so this Bill, Bill sent me a tweet. Thank you, Bill, for tweeting me. Bill said, Frank, did I hear you tell Dan Hicken that Napier could go 3-9 and nine the next two years? And you still wouldn't want him fired? Well, yes. Now I don't think he's going three and nine the next two years. 
But at some point, when do we quit firing our coaches every two or three years and expect our team to be good? Nobody's good that fires their coach every two or three years because they keep firing their coach every two or three years. That was kind of my point. When are we going to stop? I mean, college football particularly, because you're recruiting players. NFL is a little different because it doesn't affect which players you're going to get. But, but Bill, if you're still listening, and if you're not listening, when are we going to stop? When did it start that every two or three years we got to fire the coach? I mean, am I, am, I, am, I, am I out of touch? Am I just out of touch that that's not the way it is, that it should be that way? I guess that's – I mean, we look at a coach. He, won, he lost too many games. Let's fire him. In three years, his, he doesn't even his, – his recruits haven't even become seniors yet. Have I lost my mind in this? I, I think the, the three and nine, three and nine okay. is extreme. I think they'd have to fire him if those are the next two years. But I get your point. I mean, I, I do think that Florida needs to be more patient with Billy Napier than what they have been in their past. I, I would absolutely agree with that. I, I think that, you know, and, and look, get ready. Do not expect this man to win nine games next year or the year after that, barring something remarkable. Because as we've talked about, the schedules are brutal. If he wins nine games with either this coming schedule or the 2024 schedule, which features FSU, Miami, and UCF before you even get to SEC play, then uh, then he will have done wonders. So I do think Florida fans need to have some patience. They need to know where Na- the state of the program when Napier entered it, how brutally tough all three of his schedules are going to be his first three years. And look, he easily could be – 18 and 21 after year three. And if the recruiting is still going well, uh, if, if, you know, you're, you're, if you feel like the program is, is still moving in the right direction and you feel like year four, that's the key. You've got to feel like year four, everybody's coming back. He's got all these young players that are starting to show what they can do. Uh, they've had a lot of close losses to some great teams. Now year four, is when you feel like he can go win nine or ten games, but no, I, I would say he can't go. He can't. He can't go. In my opinion, he, he can't win like eight games over the next two years and keep his job. I just don't. I just, I think that is and maybe the three really and nine, substandard. Maybe the three and nine. I, I, I guess. And by the way, it's a moot point. I don't think they're going three and nine. And 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 maybe. But I just. You shouldn't be coaching for your job every year. You should not be coaching for your job. You, if you're trying to build a program and build a culture, you should not be coaching for your job every year or every other year. It just shouldn't be like now. Now, if there's Dan Mullen was fired after was it three years, four years, whatever it was, but it was, but there, but that was different. It was clear. It looked like he quit trying. He did. Now that, now that's, now that's different. That is. If a guy quits trying, and the words out that he's not trying. Well then, then you got a culture issue, and, and there's an effort, and there's developing players, and there's recruiting. I'm not saying no coach in the history of forever should ever be fired after three or four years. Sometimes you got the Willie Taggart was the wrong guy. I'll give FSU credit; he was lost from the day he got there, and it was widely known he probably deserved to get fired after his two years. Urban Meyer here last year, it was clear it was a disaster. He 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 deserved to not make it to the end of the year. But just assuming that these coaches should be run out, I guess that's my that's just my problem. Sure, that's understandable. There is a big difference between if your program is healthy and heading in the right direction 
i.e. what Florida thinks with Billy Napier, at least they do now, versus other programs in Florida State, the difference between Willie Taggart and Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell wasn't winning either, but they felt like the program was getting in a much better place. And it's, Frank, it's coaches like Kirby Smart that are ruining it for everybody else, where he takes over in his worst years, eight and five. Everyone else is going to say, well, that's that's where we want to get, so therefore that's where we need to be in year one. I, I Yeah, that's part of it. I, I the, the success, Georgia has not had a coach fired in fewer than five, has not had a coach fired in fewer than six years since the 30s. Georgia has not, Georgia has had now, Vince Dooley was a good coach. Ray Goff wasn't, and maybe he should have been fired earlier, but he wasn't. Jim Donnan got five years, and he wasn't terrible. You know, Mark Rick got 12 years or whatever. I, I just think that, and I'm not, and this isn't, I'm not pointing to Florida. This is just in general. You know, I just, other than Taggart, Florida State hasn't, doesn't fire its coaches quickly. I just, I just think that this, so anyway, so back to Florida for now. I will make it back about Florida. Uh, I, I told Hicken, I said, I said, I think, I believe there's going to be real good energy with the Florida program next year. I'm not caught up in how many games they win. I, I, I'm not. I think I, I told you. I, I, I thought I made Hicken watch the tape. By the way, I made Hicken watch clips. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't started to email him <laughs> or, or text him clips of. Uh, Graham Mertz, like I have Hayes. Was but he on the Mertz as the worst train like Hayes? He, well, kind of, well, he, he admitted. He kind okay. of admitted. He kind of admitted. I said, he said, I, I think he said, he said, very underwhelming. I said, have you watched him? Well, I said, have you watched him? He goes, I know his number. That wasn't my question. He goes, well, I saw some Wisconsin games, and I saw, I saw. So the bottom line is, we, I mean, Shane Matthews and I were texting back and forth about this. We've decided a guy we've never watched is no good. And so, but that, but this isn't even my, not that I'm not, Graham Murphy, campaign manager, because I will continue to be that. Mm-hmm. But I just think bigger picture. Jack Miller's upset you left yeah, him. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jack Miller never played. This guy started 32 games, so it's a little different. But the uh, but I just I just see this fear and worry. The guy just got there. I guess that I guess that's the the th- we get so caught up in the Rashada stuff that he just. I think it's more than I, maybe because of social media. I think it's more pronounced than ever. More pronounced, and I'll just and think of how much money they make. That's the other problem. Yeah, so you're making eight million dollars a year. People expect. By the way, I I just got a a tweet, and thank you, Austin. Austin tweeted me this because I I, I referred to the clown movement as silly. Sorry, I think when people dress up as clowns, it's silly. He said, Frank, the clown movement wasn't silly; it was deserved, and we're all happy they no longer deserve that criticism. Well, what did Trent Baalke do to deserve the clown movement? I mean, wasn't the clown movement directed at him? Yes. I mean, I mean, in retrospect, now I had my doubts about Balky just because of things I've heard about him in his past. Did he have trouble working with coaches? And I'll be honest, did 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 he did he did he had it out with too many coaches in San Francisco? And and for that reason, I had my doubts. I, I I'm not going to say I didn't. I did have my doubts. But my and this isn't a comment about Trent Balky. Or I just think, what did Balky do to deserve the clown movement? I mean, what what did, what did he do? Well, I, th- I think it was more, yes, what he had done in the past. I think it was the fact that fans were underwhelmed by what was going on when he was Dave Caldwell's lieutenant. And I think it was just that they wanted a total clean sweep. And, and I get the philosophy. Right. I get that philosophy. But not so much that, that it looked like to me the clown movement really became directed at Balky. You know, and I don't know Trent very well. This isn't me defending my buddy or anything. So, but, but, but I'm, and I think I'm not, it was also directed at Shad saying, yeah. Shad, you need to fire that person. And yeah. you, yeah, like Hayes said, you need to but, have a clean but, sweep. But the real reality is we didn't know he needed, he's proven they were wrong. We were wrong. 
you know. So so back to back to the college realm, whether it's Billy Napier at Florida or this guy, Mike Norvell. There were people that wanted Mike Norvell out after two years. And Hayes, we had this talk because they pointed to his record, right? There were people that wanted Mike Norvell fired after two years because of his record. He just got there. He had inherited this mess. And you know what? If he had gone five and seven last year, would he have been fired? He might have been fired, wouldn't he? Probably. I mean, Mike Norvell probably would have. This isn't a Florida thing. This isn't a Jags thing. It's just the way we – I think Mike Norvell and, and people inside the program thought he was the right guy. But if he but, but the, the, the noise in the system, he would have been fired. I don't know if he'd been fired based off of the financial Good point. lack of resources. But it's a possibility. But certainly, yeah, if, if he and Mike Alford, the AD, didn't see eye to eye, then yeah. that's when it certainly starts to head that way. It, it's so fascinating to look at, especially for Mike Norvell, how he's basically going against how everyone else has been building their program to be successful yeah. and, and getting all these transfer portal players, and yet it's working perfectly for them. Yeah, he, and by the way, Hick and I had this talk too. No, no disrespect to what Florida State's doing. He's done a great job. But you don't want to do it that way. Correct. You want to get the five stars and not have to take very many transfers. He's smart enough to know that he wasn't getting those five stars, mm-hmm. so let's go get the transfers, and he's found a way to do it. So, so no, you're right about that. But I just, And by the way, I'm guilty. I wanted McIlwain out. I wanted Mullen out. I'm not pointing the finger at everybody else and saying, oh, no, I'm Frank. I'm holier than thou. I don't ever, I'm never like that. I was as guilty as anybody. Let's get rid of this guy. Let's get rid of that guy. I wanted Urban out a year ago. So, I, so I'm – but you see my point? I just think that we all get caught up in this, and, and I just think – those programs slash franchises in that regard weren't healthy. Under Jim McElwain, things weren't healthy right. for the University of Florida program. You're right. Obviously, under Urban, things weren't healthy here either. And how much of it is the money? How much of it is they do make exorbitant dollars? How much of it is, God dang, if we're paying Dan Mullen $7.5 million, let's get it, and he's not trying to get him out of here. I mean, if, if the money hadn't been the, – the, there, there was a day when the college football coach didn't make five times what the executive at General Electric made. Now he does. Now, now the, I've got to believe the general the, – the, if there's GE or IBM, I've got to believe the CEO there makes $2, 3000000 million. Okay, or whatever. I'm guessing. What do I know? But I'm guessing the if if the head of IBM makes two million, okay, these football coaches are making four times that. I don't think the football coach. I don't think Charlie Pell made four times what the executive of GE made. Is that part of it? I think it's it's certainly part of it because you have to extend these guys. It's hard to leave them in limbo because then it kills their recruiting. So you have to make a decision on. Are we going to continue to invest in this coach? These contracts are guaranteed. So we'll just take Billy Napier. If Billy Napier, let's say, goes six and seven next year, then Florida has to make a call because he's only going to have a certain amount of years left on that contract. So if you don't extend him, then he gets negative recruited of why would you go there? He doesn't have that many years left. They're going to fire him. But if you're Florida – and you then you're faced with well should do and I'm year two Billy is a bad example because he's one year in but the point is I think these universities are at a little bit of a crossroads earlier than normal because of how high the buyouts are and if you've gotten to a point where you're not sure do you extend a guy you're not sure about and create that ridiculous buyout even though he might turn out to be okay or do you go ahead and say let's just bite the bullet we're, we don't we think it's probably that he's not the guy. Fire him, and then pay a more of a smaller buyout sum, 
and then go get the next guy. And so I, I do think the money plays into it. And again, Florida fans are going to have to have patience like they've never had. Guess how many seniors Florida has on the team this coming season? No idea. Six. On the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. So how could you possibly expect, and they didn't have very many on this team, how could you possibly expect Billy Napier to go nine and three? He has six seniors, and one of them is Graham Mertz. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the, well, that counts for four. <laughs> Just so but these are, these are Billy Napier's seniors. Graham Mertz, Ricky Pearsall, who's a good, solid player, uh, Dante Sanders, Keon Zipper, so two of your six are at tight end. I thought Xander's left. Uh, well, according to this, he's still – this is a scholarship chart. I'm looking at 24-7 sports. Yeah, I thought he went to a uh, UCF, but maybe not. I don't know. He's on this, which okay. seems to be updated but because it's got the okay. guys yeah, that they just sat out of the portal. You have two seniors on defense. One is the Ohio State transfer, the linebacker. The other is Jadarius Perkins. Who's a safety that made a couple nice plays? Who's no good, but he's a guy. Yeah. So that's your seniors. Yeah. I mean, and, you're and, going to Utah in the opener, right? You're playing Florida State at a conference. You're playing Utah and Florida State at a conference, and then you're playing an SEC schedule, right? And, with and, with these seniors. Yeah, and and that is the indictment on Dan Mullen, which is why he's gone. By right. The way. And so, and look, we are in an age where there's not a lot of good seniors anymore anyway because they all go to the NFL or they go to another team because they weren't playing. But that's still an alarming number. Yeah, now once you get beyond this year, they've got 22 current juniors and 24 current sophomores. So you would like to think the 2024 team will be a pretty experienced team uh, and an older team. But, I mean, again, that Florida's going to be a really interesting litmus test in terms of how their fans have either evolved or devolved because you you just you can't possibly three and nine is extreme three and nine is hard to defend I think with the resources Florida has but I do think that if Billy Napier I think to your point right if he goes six and six and six and six so through three years you've been nothing but a six-win team I do think in this case, if the energy is there, the recruiting plan is there, though obviously the roster is much more talented than it was when he arrived, I think you have to give him a fourth year. Yeah, and, I, and, and hopefully it won't come to that, but we'll see what winds up happening. We'll take a break. More in a moment. This is 1010XL 92.5 FM. Brandy Carline, Brooks Gibson with you. Thanks for joining us on the program today. Thanks to our friends at the Nimnik family of dealerships. Back to the NFL. So, good job, Gib. Um, Okay, we know we know where we think Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert are headed. We can you can people can arrange them in different orders if they want. We got a pretty good idea that that's Jalen Hurts. That I just named six. That six is probably the creme de la creme today. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. There's probably a few others I've, I've missed. Right. Go to some other guys. I'm going to go right down the list. Tom, Kirk Cousins. What do you think about Kirk Cousins? Okay. Well, Kirk, well, Kirk, Kirk Cousins. I, I think he is a he's an okay player. I think he will continue to start for a team, but I think he's headed toward um, Chad Henney Town. I think he's a. I mean, they won what thirteen games. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think he's an okay player. I don't know that I think he gets you over the top. 
but I think he's good enough to keep a starting job on a team to keep the seat warm for anybody. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings sooner rather than later try and move on. What do you think? That's what I would say. I mean, I I think he's more game manager than electric player. His his numbers, he's accurate, which really helps. I uh, but and statistically, he's he's good. I think the arrival of Jefferson has has really helped him. Um, but he he's to me he's more game manager than he is go win me a game player. And I I would agree. I think you know the Vikings. It's hard to get rid of him after this year. Um, after the year that they had, um, he was fourth in passing yards. He threw twenty nine touchdowns. So it's it's not to say there isn't good there. It's just not great. And uh, I would think that he's the starter in Minnesota one more year and that they start thinking of a developmental plan behind him. I think it's hard if you're a Vikings fan to have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and to not have a clutch quarterback. Yes, he's he's fine, 29 touchdowns, 14 picks, that's fine. But that's not he's never going to be the clutch quarterback that's good in primetime games or under the lights or anything like that, and, and you're not going to get very far with him. Going to go right down the list. Brady, where's he next year? Vegas? I still think it's going to be – well, I still think it's going to be San Fran. Now, part of that's I'm going to pick the Eagles to win Sunday. So, I think the 49ers get knocked out in the NFC title game, and, and I think that I, – I think Brady's going to be their target. So, I'm going to say Brady's in San Francisco. But Brady is going to be in demand and I think is going to pick a situation where he is going to have at least one more – Really strong year. Yeah, I think Vegas. I said to retire, now I think Vegas. What about you? Vegas. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I just can't imagine it's – I it, I get it. I, I just – my guess is he'll wind up staying in Green That's Bay. That's what I think too. I think he's going to be the Green Bay quarterback. What do you think? I think if he plays in the league, he's going to stay with Green Bay. I think there's still a chance, get an outside chance just that retire. he just retired. He, he's the guy that could do that. He's the guy that could say, screw it, I'm retiring. Yeah. I, I could see that in his personality. But there's enough ego in there too. Oh yeah. That there's that there's there's meat left on the bone now if you don't want to retire. You know, so um we'll see. What's gonna happen with Lamar Jackson? What's they'll, gonna happen? I think they'll have to franchise tag him because it doesn't seem like they're close at all. And is an, he gonna go is he gonna continue to be great? If I mean the problem with Lamar is he just gets hurt at the I mean the last two years he's been hurt in December and it's it's just cost them their season each time. He's when he's out there, he's great. So I mean, to me, it's yes, he's great if he's healthy. Um, you know, if you were to tell me right now, Lamar Jackson's going to start 17 games next year, I would absolutely tell you Lamar Jackson's going to finish in the top three of the MVP voting. That's the kind of player he is. The problem is, is whether it's his style, his frame, whatever. The last two years, he's had great starts that have been washed away by missing the last month of the year. I don't know if the Dolphins could work out a trade, but that's where I feel like he would be much better. That would make sense, wouldn't it? And it would work much better for them as well. Because I, I, I think Tua is going to be too frail. Yeah. I, I think Tua is – I think it's going to be hard for Tua to – I don't – I don't – I don't – I don't read – I don't look at Tua and think 10 years from now he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Do you? Not really, because I just again you worry. I think about the the concussions, and you know, at it, some point, it just seems like he's he's close to being almost to the point where you can't clear him. Yeah. What about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? Where's he headed? 
A, A, what town? But B, where's his? Where's he going? What's he going to be? I think he'll be the starter on a team next year. Where that's really, really tricky because what if I'm just throwing a hypothetical out there? What if Brock Purdy got hurt this weekend and Jimmy G quarterbacks the 49ers to the Super Bowl? If he takes over, they beat the Eagles and then he leads them to a win in the Super Bowl. Can you really get rid of that quarterback for Trey Lance, who's never played really other than a little bit and gotten hurt? And then Brock Purdy, who now you don't know. I, yeah. That's tricky Cause, for me. Because I think Brock Purdy's going to be the San Francisco quarterback. I, I think over he, Trey Lance. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he's going to be their guy. I, th- I think next year, Brock, Brock, win or lose Sunday, I think Brock Purdy's going to be their quarterback. I, I just get that gut that tells me he's going to be their guy. I, I don't, I don't know why. I th- it just, it just tells me that's where I think it's headed. And so maybe not, but we'll see. Where's Garoppolo? Well, not only what city, but where? What kind of a career is he going to have the rest of the way? Well, again, the first domino will be Brady. Uh, so let's just, for the sake of my argument, say Brady ends up in San Fran then Garoppolo will end up in Vegas because he's so tied with McDaniels. Right. So Garoppolo goes to Las Vegas in that scenario. If, and then if, what is if, he? Then what does he become? Oh, what he is now. I mean, he'll be uh, – Is he Kirk Cousins? Yeah, he's he's in that mold. I, yeah. You know, Cousins is probably a little bit better, but Garoppolo's younger. So, uh, But that's probably the – you know, the, the path of, of yeah. where the career is headed. And, you know, who knows if, if Vegas ends up finding, you know, yeah. a, a elite playmaker to go along with Devontae Adams and Waller and Renfro, then, yeah, you don't have to be have elite talent to put right. up elite numbers with that. So I, I would say if Brady ends up, to your argument, if Brady ends up in Vegas, then I think Garoppolo ends up in New Orleans. Okay, New Orleans. Right. I think Garoppolo is a lot better than Kirk Cousins. If I was going to take the two, I'd take Jimmy G. All right. What about um, Russell Wilson? He was just awful this year. I think Denver's is he done. Uh, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass because it seemed like he perked up after Hackett was fired. Uh, and so, I mean, again, a lot of that depends on who the next head coach is. If it's Sean Payton. Absolutely, I think he can come back because I don't think Sean Payton's taking that job unless he's putting it all on Hackett. Right. Uh, so, you know, if 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 it ends up being Dan Quinn, then I think it's harder to believe that Russell Wilson's going to get back to the level that he was at in his prime with the Seahawks. So, you know, I I think Russell Wilson is is probably better than what he's being portrayed as, but it was a horrible year and. He has to bear some of that accountability. I, it doesn't I, mean he can't bounce back. I've always been a big fan, but I, I he was really bad. I mean, can, can a coach really make you that bad? I think so. Yeah, did you see what happened here last year? Certainly. But that was a rookie. Yes. That was different. It, it is different, but I Russell Wilson's had so many years of good that it can't be one year and he's now absolutely awful. And, and, and I, I don't I, think. I'm, and he I, could prove so us he'll, wrong. He'll be the quarterback. What about Dak? Dak Prescott, if you count the playoffs, he had 17 interceptions, which led all of football. Yeah, he's regressed. If you watch the he's film. He's not great, is he? He's regressed. He's good. He's not great. He's far from great. He'll get another year uh, to right the ship, but he's in, he's in peril, you know, in terms of his long-term future in Dallas. They, they've got a team that is, you know, ready to win. Uh, at a high level. They've got some great players around Dak. Uh, they've got a great defense. 
And so, yeah, he's going to he's going to share a lot of the responsibility for the failure of this year. And if he has another bad year in 2023, then yeah, I think he's done there. Kyler Murray, is he coming back? He's he, he's, he's under he's, contract. And he's going to miss part of the season, but And I mean, they said that he's going to be able to help pick the new coach. Yeah. Is he special? So he's there for is a he while. Still special? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I'd be really fearful of what he's going to be like his first year coming back yeah. from the knee. See, I because it's pretty clear he doesn't study. Yeah. I mean, again, they can try and spin it as much as they want, but you don't put a provision into a contract that states that he's got to study away from the building for X amount of hours. In a million years, would the Jaguars ever need to put that into Trevor Lawrence's yeah, next yeah. contract? There's something about Kyler that I think – rubs teammates wrong it's it hard. doesn't work yeah and maybe that's it but there's something about him I don't think I don't know what it is that but that that stuff that this Purdy guy has the stuff that Lamar Jackson has in volume of the how guys respond to him and the best thing Lamar Jackson has is guys respond to him guys want to play for him guys want to play with Lamar Jackson Jalen Hurts too Jalen Hurts the guys want to play they he, they bring out the best in these guys you know and, and obviously the 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 quarterbacks who've been good all those years have done that the the high high the 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 Mahomes and Josh Allen and Trevor they have all that but though but but you're right Lamar and Hurts bring out the best in guys I don't think Kyler does I, I I don't I get the sense he's a bad attitude quarterback I just get that read I may be wrong well I mean again look at Christian Kirk his best year was this year right you know he never had a thousand yards playing with Kyler Murray comes here has a thousand yards you know has has a big time year and you know again I I think it I think the fact that it, Kyler Murray clearly doesn't work at it. And maybe he's gotten better since the public embarrassment of that stipulation being put and then removed from his contract. But, I, you know, I, it would also make me wonder about how hard is he aggressively going to go after his rehab. And because of the nature of when that injury took place so late in the year, I'm not even sure you're going to see him for the yeah. first six weeks of 2023. And even when he comes yeah. back, I don't know how good he's going to be. I, I would be... The Cardinals' job, to me, of all the openings, is the one I would stay the furthest away from. The final one, uh, Deshaun Watson. I think he'll be better. I, I think that uh, I think the season, as it probably should have, weighed on him a lot uh, and affected him a lot. And I, I, I think it was tough coming back when he did. You would have liked to have seen a little bit more from a football standpoint, a little bit more acclimation and 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 the productivity increasing as you got closer to the finish line, that didn't really happen. But I would think with this now behind him, I think, uh, you know, and he has an off season and he's familiar with Cleveland and have a good idea of what Stefanski wants. You know, I think Deshaun Watson bounces back, not in a huge way, but I think he bounces back to going from dreadful this year to probably above average in 2023. I think he'll be improved from seven touchdowns, five picks over the, what, seven games he played, but I don't think he'll ever be the Deshaun Watson of old. Looks like a break. When we come back, let's get a little bit of college hoop. We'll give some tickets away and a whole lot more. Stay with us. Hey, Frangie Hayes, Caroline, Andrew Gibson. I'm Lauren Brooks with you. If you are a Gator or Gamecock tomorrow night, Florida plays host to South Carolina, tipping off at 7 o'clock at the O'Connell Center in Exact Tech Arena. If you want to win a pair of tickets right now, be color number 4-641-1010, color number 4 Six four one ten ten again. You'll get to go see Florida play host to South Carolina in men's basketball tomorrow night, tipping off at seven o'clock. Of course, you can hear that game right here on ten ten a.m. with pregame coverage beginning at six thirty. So last night, I'm watching. I'm not watching. 
I saw Kansas and Baylor on, right? Two mm-hmm. top ten teams. And I mean two well known coaches, you know, the uh two good programs, both have won recent national championships. Maybe the last the two. Last two, yeah. yeah. So they've won the last two the last two national championships. Scott Drew and, and Bill Self, really well known coaches. They they're would be if it was a college football game between the last two national champions, Georgia's won the last two, but Georgia and Alabama, everybody would be talking about it. Everybody. I mean, we, we would be watching. I mean, it would have been – it would dominate shows all over the place. All the ESPN talking heads would be. Kansas played Baylor. Did anyone even know? I didn't know because I just, I, I just was, was, was flipping around and I saw it was on. Do you know it was on? I put it on for background noise while I was reading a book. Did you? Yeah. Okay. And didn't pay. Noise. I don't even know. But who did won. you know before you put it on? It was no, going to be on. No, of course not. Did no. you know it was on? Uh, I did not. Okay. So, and, and we're, we do a sports talk show now. We, we're in football country, you know, and and I and I get that, and it's and maybe it's different if you're in North Carolina or Indiana doing a talk show. I think so. But how much different? Because national shows are still national shows. Okay. All these national talking head shows we watch on ESPN all day long. If it was Ohio State playing Alabama in a regular season game in football, the talking heads would have talked all about it. That's all they'd be talking about, right? I mean, if it was in the middle of October. The last two national champions just played a game last night, and I don't think anybody – and I, I, I didn't know it was on. I, I just was flipping around. Do we not care about college basketball because we don't care about the sport as much? Because all that really matters is the tournament? Because we all care about that. Where where is America with college basketball's regular season? I think that they've gotten to a point where there's certainly diehards that love college basketball, and and there's there is absolutely that segment, and so that can't be discounted. But I think the the majority of sports fans really don't start paying attention to college basketball until we're about a month from the tournament because. You want to start getting a feel for the teams, and everybody wants to pick the perfect bracket. So you start to kind of, you know, I, I think as, as the games get, you, you know, you get probably three weeks from the end of the regular season, you're done with football. I think people start to pay attention. But, like, you know, right now, just to give you an example, if Houston and Iowa State played a college basketball game, I don't think that would get a lot of headlines it would be three versus 12 in the rankings. Right. So, I mean, it, it just, I just don't, I, I don't think it really matters. Again, all these teams are going to make the tournament. So it's not like, uh, you know, what are they really vying for? Uh, they're vying for regular season conference titles. That doesn't really carry a lot of weight unless it's your team. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I think the regular season has certainly been devalued over the last 10, 20 years. But I, you know, I mean, again, there's still there's people out there though that absolutely lock in, that love the sport, and will watch, you know, if it's two ranked teams that they're gonna watch it. So I mean, I, I don't think that that doesn't exist, but it's probably not in the numbers the you know NCAA athletic directors and presidents would like. Part of it's where you're from, down in the south. Yes, it's all about football, and until football season ends, and for us around here, even though the Jaguar season is over, we're still going to be locked in, obviously, to the. AFC and NFC championships on Sunday, and then, of course, to the Super Bowl in two weeks after that. But part of it's also when your team is really good, you pay a lot more attention. If Florida was ranked fifth in the country right now, 
I think, yes, you would have tuned into that game last night and gone, okay, how's Florida going to match up with either of these two teams when we get to the tournament? And the fact that Florida's nowhere near that, it's going, all right, when's the next Florida game? Wednesday. Okay, that's the next time I have to pay attention to college basketball. I think think you hit it right on the head. I I think – if I as a Florida fan, if Florida was was uh, uh, seventeen and two and ranked fifth, I'd watch the hell out of that Kansas Baylor game because that's the competition, mm-hmm. and we're gonna be able to. My team have to have, may have to play them in the Final Four. I totally agree, but because that's not a factor when you're if you're not in a basketball region and your team's not very good, who cares? I mean, Florida State's basketball team is seven and thirteen. Five and four in the league. They're not very good, certainly by their standards, but by any standards. They play host to Miami tonight. They play Miami the tonight. The, the Gators are eleven and eight and four and three. They're not particularly good, and so I think Lauren, I think you hit it. If your team's good, then you want to watch the other good teams. Yeah, you're caught up in college basketball way earlier than just yeah. the tournament because it matters to you. Yeah, no question, no question about it. The Gators, by the way, eleven and eight, four and three. They play South Carolina tomorrow. I think they're going to beat South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina is very good. They should. Yeah, I mean, that's I, the last time we say I think Florida's going to win for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so they get to twelve and eight and five and three, right? Then they go at Kansas State, ranked fifth, home against Tennessee, ranked fourth, at Kentucky, not ranked, but it's Kentucky and it's at and it's Rupp, and then at Alabama, ranked second. So they play after this game against South Carolina. Three of their next four games are against top five teams. What do you think? I think it's going to be a, a rough couple of weeks for Todd Golden. So it's going to be. So they're really, in all likelihood, they're going to go from they're going to get to twelve and eight and five and three, and then all of a sudden they're going to be twelve and twelve and five and six, right? In all likelihood, twelve and twelve and five and six. Yeah, if Florida goes zero and four in that stretch. Yeah, yeah. it's. Po- I think it's possible Florida could steal one of those. They are playing pretty good defense, other than the fact that they blew a sixteen point lead the other night. I can't imagine them winning one of those four games, including at Kentucky, who's the unranked team. I mean, I, I mean, I've had too many horror stories from Rupp Arena. It is funny because if I had to rank the four, yes, Kentucky would not be the fourth. Yeah, it, right, for whatever it reason, just would not be. Yeah. So um, what? So it's Kansas State at Kansas State. Yeah, they're ranked fifth. It's and at then Kansas it's State. At, then it's home against Tennessee, who's ranked fourth. Then it's at Kentucky, and then it's at Alabama, who's ranked second. So not just four tough games, but three of them are on the road. Correct. They'll they'll be if I had to guess then I'd I'd rank them the most winnable would be the home game against Tennessee right that that's right because it's home so so what do you think of Todd Golden you seen enough to have an opinion yet I I like the fact that he's realized they can't shoot at all right. so they've really emphasized defense but he's been able to get them to buy into that Florida released their notes today for the South Carolina game and I didn't know this Florida's thirteenth in the nation and uh. Uh, defense efficiency. Okay. So that's elite. I mean, there's a lot of basketball programs. So if you're 13th in uh, defensive efficiency, then that's pretty remarkable considering that's not his identity. His identity is efficient on offense and just get his, you know, get get the stops you need to win the game. Uh, so I, I give him credit for that. For I think he's adjusted to – you know, what the, the talent of his team is. And, you know, I, I think they'll they'll be a ugly team to watch. I, I think they'll, you know, be a tough out for a lot of these teams. They'll, they'll probably get routed a couple times as we move forward. But I wouldn't be surprised if of those four games, they'll probably lose at least three of them. 
but I don't think they're headed to like getting beat by an average of 14 points in those games. They'll 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 hang in most of these tough games, but I don't think they're good enough to win them. He sure has inconsistency when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. Not it's not his fault. It, his players cannot shoot. Myron Jones, who came to Florida as a really good three point shooter, will have usually less than five points in a game, which means he's going to make maybe one three. He certainly can't make them when it comes to clutch time. You've got Quasey Reeves, who sometimes plays well, sometimes doesn't. Trey Bottom, when when Florida was playing well earlier in the season, Trey Bottom was scoring a bunch. He didn't even have a point in Florida's victory over Mississippi State. Other guys, Colin Castleton's going to lead the team in scoring most nights, but it just feels like he's he's still having to figure out who he's got on his roster yeah. when they've got the ball. The team's not very good. Like so we just said, they're, they're, we're going to look up in a couple of weeks, they're going to be 12-12. and 12. That's not very good. What I wonder about, I watch him. What I don't know is can he recruit at all? Because I do get the sense, Hayes, to your point, that if he can get some good players, I kind of like how they play. They just can't make anything. They're just the players just aren't very good. And in fairness, he got there late. Uh, he was going to have to rely on portal guys. Mike White had three pretty good players recruited that that, that left. So and the one that he the one that didn't leave doesn't play at all. Aberdeen, so he's obviously not very good. So. I don't know enough about Todd Golden to to like or not like. Remember now, Billy Donovan started with two losing seasons when he got there, and then they were they were great ever since. So I, uh, I, I it's hard for me to get a handle. But back to the original point of the of the segment, you made the point at all, uh, best point of all, Lauren. When they're no good, it's hard to get excited. Football, I'm excited about my teams whether they're good or not. The Pittsburgh Pirates, I'm excited about my team and they're never good. But it, with basketball, it's hard. That's the sport that it's harder for me to get excited when they're not very good, and I and I wonder and I wonder if people in general tend to be like that. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I I can't imagine, you know, in this market that there's been a lot of people glued to national college basketball games with everything that's yeah. you know been going on with so. right. the Jaguars, Georgia winning back to back titles, Florida State having such a big year. Right. You know, I just. It's just not who we are as a as a market for the most part. All right, so so uh, Hamilton Hills coming up in an hour. We bring in the heat or no? Always bring in the heat. Okay, always. Okay. Always. So uh, what are we talking about? A lot of Jags. We'll do a season in review. We'll talk about Doug okay. Peterson. We'll talk about Trent Baalke. Talk about the future of the team. We'll get into all that. We having dinner in between? Always dinner in between as well. What That's the, where the heat comes from. What, the microwave. What are the options? Uh, the options are a frozen meal or a frozen meal. Okay. <laughs> I want to know what uh, I really mean, good stuff. Chicken and broccoli. Uh, one frozen meal is chicken pad thai, one of those like PF chains. Chicken pad things. thai frozen. And the other option is mashed cauliflower and chicken. Okay. <laughs> Do we get to vote on this, or are you going to decide? Oh, by all means, go I for mean, it. Hey, if you had mashed cauliflower I'm and chicken, abstaining, <laughs> and frozen pad thai, what would you get? I you just go to the grocery store. Mm. <laughs> but that's where this stuff came from. So you so you went to Publix. <laughs> I'd go back, and you yeah. bought the frozen stuff. I technically you it I, bought, put it in the freezer. I bought the frozen pad thai. It was BOGO last week yeah. when I got it for dinner. Well, did that change so everything? I've had that one for a Buy week. Buy one, get one, Carl. So I need to eat, really eat that one. So that's probably what I'll be eating. Okay, okay. I do really like mashed cauliflower. It's like mashed potatoes, but it's cauliflower, so it's healthier. Why didn't you just get like a pizza delivered? Uh, that would be way too easy I mean, I mean, and unhealthy. Right? It's January. What about wings? Island Wings right across the street. That sounds good to me. Bro, you, could go. have gone, you could have gone over there, brought back wings. You could have had it during the break, and then Hayes and Gibby and I could have it after the show. So Why you think you all that? I do is eat. I don't actually plan the show in this hour. That's oh, what you uh, think. Oh, you're working. <laughs> yes. Okay, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go. Listen, I'm going to go with the mashed cauliflower. I am. 
Okay. I almost, and, I, and I'm not going to lie, Carolina, I feel committed to it. So I think yeah, I think you're excited. I think I'm, I'm very excited about yeah. mash, is it chicken. I usually have left the chicken and the mash chicken and mash call. Yeah, I'd, I'd like a bite. I'd like a bite. You don't get that. Dang it! I don't have enough for two. Okay, so well, she said you said you had some left over. No, I said I don't have leftovers. Oh, I thought she said you. Did. You can have the frozen pad thai. No, okay. if I, have I don't like pad thai, but I like mashed cauliflower. <laughs> Enjoy your hour off. <laughs> I do like pad thai. Denny Thompson joins us after this. One hour to go on the program. This is ten ten XL ninety two point five FM. Now, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay, bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security. Security and automation experts. One, two, three. Got a bum. This is our last time with the Whisperer, Carline. You realize is that? Is it really? Yes. I mean, I don't like it. It's been a good run. It has it's been a good run. I, 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 a lot on. of emotional up and downs. This <laughs> it's been an emotional ride. It has. How are you over there, buddy? I'm great. Good to see you. Yeah, right? I'm great. Yeah. yeah. Who you got in this week? I, 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 I'm, Gosh, everybody. I'm on, I'm on um, Instagram. Yeah, we've I'm got. I'm Hip and Young, so I, I've seen some of those. <laughs> you are on Instagram? Uh, yeah, I'm Hip and Young. So, uh, I you, didn't know you were on Instagram. Did you not know I was on Instagram, or did you not know I was Hip and Young? Um, we have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we still have Ant's like really well into his process now. Yeah, Chase Bryce yeah, at yeah. Uh, App State joined us last week. Um, Georgia Southern quarterback, Kyle, uh, I can't ever say his last name dude is nice ventries so, right ventries yeah there yes. you go ventries he i think he finished fourth in the country in passing and so he started with us last week really really good then we had hank bachmeyer who stopped in he's gonna stay a couple weeks right. and then malik willis was in for um five or six days yeah yeah a lot of good chase work with Bryce, malik. did you say chase yeah okay, yeah so, so. a lot of really good work with malik so it's uh it's been been a busy week so man. malik willis plays for the titans for people that don't know but but they had so little confidence in him that they went out and got Josh Dobbs, another one of your guys, and but then they sent Malik down here to you, right? Or well, Malik's did. team, yeah, Malik's team reached out to us a couple weeks. What ago. What does that mean for the listener team? What is his team? Uh, his agent. It, it, is, it's different for by financial advisor, his okay, his okay. trainers, quarterback trainer. I got you. Like we know him, and so they reached out to us and and said, hey, you know, when's the earliest we can get down to get started? And it was funny. It was last Tuesday. We we're like tomorrow. Right, okay. And so they flew in that night, and he had to go to L.A. for something today, but they'll be back, I think, probably next week. What's he like? Awesome dude. Is like, he? really yeah. a good guy. Like, a, just fun. Um, you can tell that he's – he's he and Anthony are actually very similar, just Malik's more of an extrovert. He yeah. just likes to laugh, yeah. right? And he, he's, he's, he's going to give the shirt off his back, that type of kid, like just a happy kid. So he's young, too, by the way. He's, like, really young. So he's got a bright future. Did you see growth in him? We had it was one of the best transformations I've ever seen in four days. Like he really came in, and I mean, we had to basically kick him off the field each and every session. And then he, you know, they stayed downtown. They stayed at a hotel downtown, and said he was just walking around the hallway doing the stuff we've been working on. And he, like, I mean, I think he knows the importance of this. And for those guys, if we can ever get them, like, the goal is, can we put them in an environment where the throw doesn't matter, where the result doesn't matter, right? So we we put them in an environment where we're chasing a feeling. Right. And um, we motion captured him and all that kind of stuff. So got all the data. And then we literally just chased a feeling for five or six days. And he caught that feeling third or fourth day and it was pretty special. Yeah, it is. So um, you're excited about the NFC Championship game? Man, come on. Yeah, that's Team Denny. Come isn't it? on. Yes. Yeah, tell people every- Flying who- out Saturday morning. Okay. So, so Brock is your guy. Brock Purdy for Gar- San Francisco. Gardner's yep. your guy. Gardner and Ian Book. And, okay. The, so Ian we got Book's three. Your guy. You got three guys in that game. Three guys in the game. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I booked the tickets. I text Gardner and said, hey, I'm going to need two. Yeah. Like, cool. I was like, well, I'm asking if y'all win, I'm going to need two for the Super Bowl. Right. 
And I turn around, text Brock, same thing. Hey, if y'all win, I'm going to need two for the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, right. Um, but no, this is fun. It's, it is so much fun. I'm looking forward to it. I think Brock Purdy is going to be their quarterback for a long time. I, I What a story. I mean, what a story this is. This is a guy that was uh, – it's not like Chris Collinsworth. No, this is a <laughs> This guy. is a guy. The, the, uh, but, I mean, drafted in the seventh round at the end of the draft, he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. So, so, Denny, what is the commentary about – we talk all about draft, draft, uh, traits, traits. This guy barely got drafted, yet he's really good. Doesn't that say we're we kind of missing the boat on yeah, the no, way we evaluate these guys? Yeah, there's no doubt. And we talk about this all the time. There is a better way to evaluate. There is a better way, but it's going to take – you know, we make fun of analytics guys all the time. Yeah. But the reality of the situation is the old school, the fight between old school and analytics is the only reason why we're not evaluating quarterbacks better. Um, there are standards and there's numbers and there's data now that will tell you, not not 100%, but it will tell you how this kid is going to perform. We had Brock here this time last year. The data told you Brock was going to be this guy, like the, but he wasn't 6'3", right? right? And, and so he dropped because the old school is, I, I need 6'3", big, strong, powerful, fast guy. Brock wasn't that, but he was all of that in the head, and we had the data to show that. What do you think will, will happen – Sunday in the NFC title game. How do you see that game playing out? I think it's the two best teams in football. I, I think those two – I think San Francisco and Philly right now, I know we give the AFC a ton of love. But, but a lot think, of people – you're not alone in that. Yeah, I think they're the two best teams. And I, I, I think if – I think it's pretty simple, actually. <clears throat> if the 49ers can get the edge consistently, they win. If Philly keeps contained, Philly wins. Because I don't think – I don't think you're going to see like a high-scoring game, but the, the, the middle of that Philly team is so good. Um, and they're good all over. Um, but I don't think, you know, you don't want to pound Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel down the middle the entire game. So, it, it, you know, I think if, if they can contain that running game and they can keep Brock in the pocket and make him have to throw on schedule, on platform, then I think Philly wins. If they can't, if they give Brock any wiggle room and, and they're not solid and contained, I think 49ers could win this game fairly convincingly, actually. Danny, last week Patrick Mahomes twisted his right ankle, a high ankle sprain. They twisted a high ankle sprain. That's his push-off foot. How does that affect the quarterback? Uh, it, it should affect it more than it did. Yeah. He went from – all he did was adjust. He didn't push. He pulled. So instead of thinking back hip, he just kind of relied on his front hip to come in. Um, and really didn't miss a so beat. So for a layman, is that hard? Is it what, what should, should it affect his velocity, accuracy? Probably sequencing, which I think you probably saw. Like it didn't, if you go back and look, not as tight of a spiral, okay. things like that. So probably affects the sequencing a little bit, but it's a way just to get that back hip through if you can't turn on that ankle, right? Because all that stuff's attached. Yeah. So if the ankle doesn't turn, the hip doesn't get around. And so at some point, if you can't move or turn the ankle, twist the ankle, you're just going to have to let the front half kind of take over. Here's a dumb dumb, dumb I, I always give you these dumb layman comments. You can tell me how dumb this is. But I felt like, not knowing anything about the mechanics of throwing a football like you do, that he's the best guy that could have happened to because he doesn't need to step into a uh, no, no, you're right. He flicks the balls off. He's a sidearm. He's off his back foot. Right? Yep. I mean, he, No, no, you're exactly right. Him and Aaron Rodgers, right, right. you probably wouldn't see much of a difference. But – Pat does get so much back hip explosion, and he gets so much power from the ground. It's like he he really is wearing out the get the arm high crowd because right. he's proving that you you lose power by doing that. Like if you if you're staying level, a little flatter plane, you're probably more powerful. 
So I, I, he does drive his back hip as aggressively as anybody, but he's just athletic. He can make an adjustment and overpower anything. How about Joe Burrow? I love that guy. I don't know what I love about Joe Burrow, but how do you not love he's, Joe Burrow? I mean, he, he might be getting ready to take the league over. I, I, he just – it's like he, he did at LSU. He just walks on the field. Yeah. And it's like he's been there a million times, and there's nothing you can do to rattle the guy. You can blitz. You can you can send everybody. You can send nobody, and he's just going to sit back there and pick you apart. Can guys blossom at that position? I mean, obviously, he couldn't have been great at Ohio State because I can't imagine he would have been this there, and they would have said, no, you need point. to move on. And obviously, and even his first year at LSU, he just kind of looked like an above-average college quarterback. Can you put your finger on why he was able to go from that to – Heisman winner to shows up in the NFL and is a superstar almost right out of the gate? Well, I think there's a couple different answers to that, though, Hayes, because if you talk to people at Ohio State, he was pushing. It's not like he was far down the depth chart, right? I mean, he was he was pushing, and at the time, what was that, Haskins, right? It would have been Haskins. I mean, first-round pick. Yeah. So if you're Ohio State, like, are you really going to put that guy over a guy who's projected yeah. as a first-round pick? Like, you're probably not going to do that, right? So I think there's that angle, but to your exact question – yeah, I think uh, somebody can see enough snaps and the game can slow down to where natural ability, ability, which he has, calmness, coolness, comes into play, and it looks like that's happened for him, where it's just now it's all it's – all, he's taking the thinking out of it. And, and the game, if you can watch him, watch his eyes. Like his, his eyes are so slow through the game because the game's so slow, and he's just able to put the ball wherever he wants to. My buddy Tony Baselli thinks he's the best quarterback in the league. I don't. I think Mahomes is the best quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm Mahomes. I'm Team Mahomes, but I, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that. But he's right there. I mean, Baselli yeah. has forgotten more football than I know, and he's convinced he's the best player in the league. I'll take so, Trevor over him. Yeah, over Burrow. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Why? Uh, tra traits. I, I think tra Trevor's a little quicker, a little faster. Okay, he is. Um, Burrow's a good that? athlete. Yeah, he is a good athlete. But Trevor's a little bit twitchier, I yeah. think, than what yeah. Burrow. Is. He seems to be that, that to me anyway, and I think he's got a better arm. Yeah. I think Burrow's just working with this ridiculous amount of, of effective swagger right yeah. now yeah. that his team just absolutely believes that he can do anything he wants to. Burrow's a guy in baseball parlance who can just hit. That's right. Some guys have power. Some guys pull the ball. Some guys need to hang it. You need to miss inside. He can just hit. Some just guys, some guys any day, just, yep. he, he's, he's matting this. Some guys can just hit. He's that yep. guy. Take a break. When we come back, I want to ask you, Denny, about the Jaden Rashada thing. I don't know how much you know about it. You may know nothing about it, but we're a little bit remiss if we don't even ask you about it because it's been the biggest story in – quarterbacking and also I know you're working with DJ Langway who's next yeah. year's guy and he's here in town to work with you which is the Gator fans will be all excited to hear that so we'll talk about that uh Rashada what you think happened or didn't happen and tell us a little bit about watching DJ Langway now that you're kind of training him it's all coming up stay with us Denny Thompson was we were talking I'm gonna get to Rashada and Langway in a minute but we we're talking a little bit about the Jaguar run watching Trevor was cool wasn't it yeah I, I said this yesterday in this program it was one of the coolest years I've ever seen it galvanized everybody Fans loved it. Fans loved the team. Fans loved each other. It was it, there was there was no even though they lost in the end, it was one of the coolest things I, I've ever seen. I watched the fans on the road. I went to that brigade party, which was amazing. how did you go? It looked like it, it was, was amazing. Awesome. And and I, and I and I'll say this again, uh, Cap who puts that on, yep. John Capuno is 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 a stud. Yep. And the the time he puts into that to rent to rent out the bar and to rent out the tailgate and to sell the tailgate spots and to find tickets for everybody. It's one of I'm sure Bill's Mafia is great, yeah. and, and I know the Steelers travel everywhere, and the Cowboys travel everywhere, and the Giants. It's one of the cool. I'm telling you, Denny, it's one of the coolest groups. 
Listen. Some of the nicest people, and they finally got rewarded, and it was freaking cool. My man advanced like sixteen grand on tickets last yeah, week. Yeah, in that for people to pay him back. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, and see, and I if even, that doesn't say that this is a family, like, yeah, it, 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 it was. I'm telling you, it was the coolest. And we had our group that traveled together all during it. It was it was the coolest, one of the coolest but, things I've ever enjoyed in my lifetime. It's one of the cool, professionally, yeah. the coolest moment of my life. It now, was, to be fair to everybody, though, the way this got started, Hayes, you had walked out. As I said, hey, I was listening to segments ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you jokers were running down all the quarterbacks. We got and Trevor. y'all got a whole different like energy about you now that we got Trevor. He said we're snarky. Y'all are. Lamar's no good. Yeah, yeah. This guy's no good. <laughs> the hell with all of them. We got Trevor. Well, how about, I mean, in all seriousness, that throw he makes to Christian Kirk, yeah. who dropped it, my goodness. I mean, it you, was unbelievable. You hate I mean, that the if, season ended because you feel like if this was week 12 now, they may be, what, third favorite to win a Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no question. So, so it, was, it was a marvelous But to season. your point, though, like those throws became normal as the year Well, that's on. right. That's right. I mean, yeah. can you make that throw any better no. than what he threw? Collinsworth said it was an overthrow. Uh, yeah, but, I, read, I, mean, I read that. I, yeah, I read no, that. No, I mean – and it and I is, thought is it would have been first and ten at the fourteen. Really, Kirk slides to the eight before right, right. he's touched. So it really would have been first and goal first at and the goal. seven or yeah, or the eight. But I mean, what an unbelievable throw! And, is there I mean, anything though that he does that still surprises you though? That surprised season? me. I mean, that seeing did, that but, in the press, I was but, like, my but, god! But the bigger point to your question, to what? Not much. Yeah, There's not much. I'm surprised by anymore. I am. What I love about him is he's become poised, unflappable, consistent guy. That's who wins. In, you, you were talking about Joe Burrow a minute ago. Yep. Joe Burrow's arm isn't better than anybody else's. He's not more mobile than everybody else. What he is, he's poised, consistent, unflappable guy. That that That's the great thing. So we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to get back because I teased it before the break. What happened with Jaden Rashada is as best as you know, based on people you t- – you may not know any more than any of us do. But No, I've heard two different things. I've heard um, – and I don't know which one's true or yeah. if either one's true. Right. But they both make sense. I've heard that there were some issues at Miami when he signed a contract down there that when he committed to Florida it triggered something. But then I've also heard that Florida just kind of dropped the ball from the collective standpoint. All right. And it's – there's a – you know, there's a law that says that – you can't use this as enticement. And really, as a coach, you can't talk to players about it. And I can confirm that Florida does not talk to players about yeah. that. I can absolutely confirm They follow that, that rule. They're very, very closely. Yeah. And so I think there's a level of, of trust that you have to have in that collective side. But, I mean, I, I have a hard time believing that there's someone on the collective side who knew what the number was and decided to go as far over as what we're hearing. I, I, I There's no way the numbers are true. There's yeah. no way that's true. The, so the number was six, and it's being reported that he thought he was getting 13. Right. Yeah, and you don't, you don't believe the number. No, so, no, 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 but, no, no. Anyway, not, it's no. over. It's uh, Where's he going to land? Does anyone know? I heard he's at Colorado. Colorado? Yeah. Okay. But, but I mean, to, to your point, I, I don't know. Like, he's now got to get released from this thing, which he will. Yeah. Florida's going to release. Well, Florida that. has released him from the. Uh, from but it, but it's like, oh, they have. Yeah, the, yeah, they, they've announced okay. that they're releasing. Okay, the letter of intent. I mean, I don't know. I, I think his brand has taken a hit with this too. Has to have. Yeah. Done it. So yeah. speaking of that, the next year's guy is DJ Lagway, mm-hmm. a five star from California that everyone's Texas. Talk, from Texas. I'm yep. sorry, the Texas that everyone's talking about. He's here training with you. He'll be here later this week. Yep. How, how does that come about? That his his people is it? The yeah, form? he reached out to me. I I talked to him and his dad 
back in like June or July. Okay. Um, I don't know that it was Florida. They were at a camp, was talking to a coach. Coach said, hey, you need to get with Denny. And so they, we got yeah, connected yeah. by a college coach. I don't think it was Florida. And then when he committed to Florida, it was, hey, I want to I start working with you, that kind of stuff. And it just kind of worked. They're having junior day. Okay. Um, so it just kind of worked out that he can fly in Thursday. We can get a couple days. He can go down to Gainesville, come back for another day, and then he's out. So DJ Lag- Lagway comes in Thursday. You'll train him for two days. Yeah. He'll go to Gainesville because he's going there. Right. He'll come back and train another day with you. We'll try. If I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be in Philly, so I don't know what Will's schedule is. But, right. yeah, it, it, we'll try to get that third one. Yeah, but, I mean, that's pretty cool. I want to I want, I ask you everything about I mean, every Gator fan hearing you yeah, right yeah. now wants every detail. Oh, we'll get video. Yeah, yeah, six I mean, points jacks on yeah. all your social media, yeah, the number that, six but points but jacks. But that's got to be – I mean, your yep. business has to be – I mean, you got – I mean, Malik Willis here is an NFL quarterback. You said Mac, Mac Jones is coming yeah. for a long time. He's an NFL quarterback. You got a bunch – Anthony Richardson is going to go in the first round of the NFL draft. Um, here comes DJ Lagway, a five-star that Florida. That's got to be kind of cool. It is so cool. I mean, we haven't talked a lot about that. Part it is it. really, really, really cool. It's really, really humbling, too, because we have six of the top ten guys in next year's class, high school. Yeah. And I'm more proud of that than the NFL side because we we try to put an emphasis on on recognizing talent at an early age. Right, and if you look at the guys that we have coming up, like next year we could have in one draft class, we just had Anthony, we could have Austin Reed, right? We could have Jeff Sims, we have Carson Beck. Those are all homegrown guys, yeah. Right, a lot of the guys that we get now, they they were not. We we got them after they already got to that point. It's just something special when it's a guy you've been with since like eighth grade, mm-hmm. and now he's getting first round draft potential. Yeah. When when you get two days to work with a young player like Lagway. What what's what do you sort of emphasize? Try to teach him, or is it just basically let me watch you for two days and then I'll I'll give you the feedback after that? How does the how no? Does we have we have a whole system. It's it's uh it'll be Will and I with our group and and then Tom Gormelli at Torque, and we will put them through a series of of um, evaluations, find out what needs to be worked on long term, and put together kind of that plan to work on that long term. Whether that is there's, you know, a specific part of your body that we need to work in on or we need to change your workout to more of a rotational style workout or some type of patterning or something like that. So in those two days, we can get all that information. We can get a ton of data and we can probably not get a whole lot done here in those two days, but we can send them back with enough that next time they're down, they're way ahead. Yeah, what I'll do is I'm going to sneak in. Have I told you that? Come on. I'm going to sneak in. I'm going to have my cell I'm going to have my iPhone. Okay. <laughs> I just want. I'm gonna have DJ Lagway video on my iPhone. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send it everywhere. Here's the thing, though. Here's what's gonna get you. Reddit. Reddit. (laughs) Snapchat. Can you put stuff on Snapchat or not? Here's what's gonna get you. That's the thing. We got to plan this out for you because you ain't getting in there if Anthony's people are there. Those guys. Hey, (laughs) he's a tight end. (laughs) (laughs) They don't like. It's my place, and it's like our camera person walks in. Who are you? I got it. That that is very cool. How's Anthony Richardson doing? How's he doing? Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic, man. He's settling in. There's a lot that goes into this, not even from just the training, but like the kid's got ten thousand cards to sign. Right, so it's just like little things like that you go home to that they've never done before. You know, he's so at, he's probably at home right now signing away. I got you. Interesting stuff. What what is the what's the what is like for a college quarterback like Jordan Travis or Carson Beck, guys that are going to be starters next year? Um, what what is this time like, Danny? Do do you ever stop throwing? Do you ever yeah. stop throwing because your your arm arm weary or you just got to get away from it? It's more get away from it. It's more the mental side. Okay. Yeah, you 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 probably you want to have that break where you're separating one season from the next, so that 
And with most of our guys, like with Gardner, we've already kind of talked about what we want to attack this offseason. So we need that break to kind of go, okay, body, we're done with this. We're moving on to this type of stuff, if that makes sense, right? And then, you know, you think of guys like, like Trevor who just came off of a really good run. They probably don't want to be away from football, which tells you they need to be. Like it, it's hard to take that break. We heard ETN yesterday in his exit yeah, interview. Like yeah. I want to football in my hand tomorrow, and it's like no. You, like, that's when you need to get far, far away for for three weeks. But like in Carson, Carson's case, uh, to give you in even Jordan's case, like right now we're we're getting data, so we're motion capture, we're cognitive testing, we're going over the film from this past year. Like where are the little one, two, three, four percent increases that we can get? What does the science tell us? And then we really have like a month to kind of figure that out before we get to needing to prepare for spring. When you say data, mm-hmm. you mean analytic stuff on what the numbers show or what his body uh, shows? Body, yeah. Okay. Body, like what? where is your body producing force from? Okay. And where do we need it to produce so, so force it's from? Mecha- it's mechanics. Yeah, and then uh, and like just efficiency, right? Mm-hmm. Like where? how can we become more efficient as a thrower um, is really what we dial in on this time of year. In terms of, uh, we like to you know ask you about Jordan Travis. What what are some things that you think he'll emphasize in spring drills? You know, I think for him the next step is, I was just talking to somebody at FSU about this, is going to be getting back uncomfortable a little bit. Is you had a great year, and in your head, like you did a lot of work last year, and you think, okay, now I'm ready for next year because I made these changes and I, and they worked and all that kind of stuff. And now, now you almost want to. Because he's got, still got a couple mechanical things that he could lean into and be really, really good. Now you almost want to take a month where results don't matter. Like, let's break some stuff for a second. And let's see if we can find the next great thing. Because it's there. It's there with him. It's not like somebody like Carson, it's hard to find that 1%. Y'all. He, he mechanically is so good just naturally because of baseball, baseball background. With Jordan, I feel like there's another 10, 15, 20% that he hasn't tapped into yet. Does he have a strong enough arm to be a good NFL quarterback? And that's what I want to see. Like, I, I want to see when he learns to really use the ground, when he learns how to decelerate at the end of a throw and not over-rotate, like, I think he does. I think he has plenty of arm. I just don't think he's thrown with all of it right now or too much of it, you could say. We'll take a break. One more segment. Uh, one more segment for the year with Denny. We'll have it for you after this. Stay with us. Welcome out of the program. Frank Frangie hates Carline. Andrew Gibson. Lauren Brooks has the hour off as she gets set to host Helmets and Heels along with Taylor Dahl and Mia O'Brien. That comes up uh, in about 20 minutes or so. It's our final segment with Danny for the year. This has been great, brother. You've killed it. It's been a show. So blast. Really, Absolutely. I love really, Tuesdays. Really enjoy it. Same, same, and I mean that. So, But we've talked a lot about the quarterback stuff. Let's uh, as, as we wrap our program here, let's start with Trevor. Um, the improvement he made, how, 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 mad, how much, in your opinion, did the dysfunction last year either hurt him or certainly uh, keep him from developing? And the change this year from struggling early to being so good later, how do you – How do you? Uh, what's your thought on all of it? Yeah, I, I think it hurt him quite a bit last year. I think the main thing that hurt him last year, though, was when you looked at his season, he had the summer before his senior year, when you're going to be the number one pick, you're all over the place, right? You're doing yeah. camps, you're doing all this stuff. Then you got your year. Hmm. And then he went straight into training. Remember, he had that surgery. And so that's, he couldn't that's throw. Right. That's right, that's right. Yeah, couldn't throw for a while. And then came straight into a very dysfunctional OTA, yeah. all that type of stuff. So it's almost like I felt like he was treading water the whole rookie year. Just, hey, get me out of here. 
And then I think what we saw this year was a guy who worked really hard on his mechanics and, and at the beginning of the year stayed true to him instead of hitting that release button and taking the easy way out to what he used to do, and it showed later in the year. He got used to game speed. He got used to pressure. He got used to what that feeling looks like or feels like, and then it just took off from there. And, and I, don't, I, don't ever, I don't see a way where that doesn't continue forward just because the type of guy he is. Like, I don't think in any way, shape, or form he's content with what happened. I think this team is – they just got the first taste of, of what they want more of. I don't, I don't think they're going out with their, their chest puffed up, but their head's held high, which is right. good for them. Right. That hasn't been the case since they turned in pads here in a long, long time. That's a great feeling to get into the offseason with and get some work done. What, what would be your advice to him if, if, he, if he sought it in terms of what he should focus on this offseason? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's right now for him the best thing he can do is what he's going to do, which is get away, disconnect, unplug, see some family, stuff like that. For how long? Three weeks? Yeah. I, I, it, however long you ramp down, it takes you to ramp back up. So you, get, you really got to get your schedule like figured out. So three weeks is probably fine. Three weeks, four weeks, something like that. And then you want to start to get into what are you going to change and let's, let's try to change that without a ball in your hand. Right, let's let's get a plyo ball. Let's get something like that, and and really kind of get into the patterning part of this early on in the off season before you put a ball in your hand. And then by the time you get the ball in your hand, it should be March, somewhere right around there, right. Uh, mid March. And and then you you know focus in on what you need to focus in on, which for him I think is is diving in a little bit deeper than when he went last year. A little better front half control, uh, a little more back hip through. Um, a little shorter on the on on the follow through, and he's good. You said Carson at, at for the college level is about one percent, where there's maybe one percent that you'd want to tweak with Jordan. You said maybe ten to fifteen percent Jordan Travis at the NFL level with Trevor. How would you describe that? I think he's still at that ten to fifteen percent. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I look at that as a good thing, though. Yeah. Like what I what I said there's on that upside. was upside. There's ten, fifteen, twenty percent more control, power, um, explosion, quickness, whatever that is. Right. Um, I, yeah, exactly. I think that just shows if you're hungry, you're, that's why these guys get better for years five, six, seven. If you stay hungry enough and continue with that grind, like Trevor's going to be a Hall of Famer if he does that. I'm going to ask you about all four schools we cover. Um, uh, Jordan Travis, you talked about him, what to expect from him. Is Carson Beck going to be the Georgia quarterback? I think he is. That, mm-hmm. That's con- conventional thinking. He was the backup. He came into the games. Um, Tyler Van Dykes, I guess, is going to be the Miami quarterback. We don't know. There's a lot of changes going on down there. Um, Graham Mertz, we talked about him. I kid Hayes because he hadn't watched him yet, but I've watched a lot of time. I actually think he's better than people think. What should Gator fans, Noel fans, Georgia fans, Miami fans expect from their quarterback? Well, I think you got two different scenarios. I think you've got the, the proven guy in Jordan, and obviously Florida State really can't get too excited. Like right. they, However excited you want to get for next year, right. you, you're, you probably should. I mean – Final four, right? right? I mean, that's their goal, I would think. Um, and I feel like Georgia knows what they have. I think Carson's shown enough, and he's been there long enough, and he's gotten – you got y'all got to remember, like, this guy has taken three years' worth of reps against the best defense in the, in the country for Great three point. years. And one of the best ever. Right, yeah. right. So, I think he's ready to go. I don't know what's going on in Miami. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember I talking to y'all, and it's like, this guy was mocked in the top 15 last year. And now, I, I – I forgot he's down there. Yeah. Like, it's been such a big thing. And then Florida, I'm going to stay with this. I don't think they're starters on campus. Even for this year. year. Right. So, so if it's not if it's not Mertz and it's not Max Brown or Jack Miller, 
Where would it come from? I think they're going to get somebody in another that portal. Guy. Portal. You do. Yeah. Is there anybody left of no? There will be. There will. Be. There will be. There's a lot of schools right now that have two four star, a four star, and a five star guy battling out through spring. They, they, they might not name a starter, but those kids are going to know who got the majority, and they're going to look to eject out of there. Yeah. Okay. And who do you like this weekend? Two games. Uh, I'm not going to pick the one because um, I, I don't want to. Yeah, uh, guys on both sides. But I, I definitely like Kansas City. I like Kansas City. See, I do too. But but boy, Cincinnati that they're the, they're the hot pick. But I like Kansas. I, yeah, I, I think Mahomes. I think I don't care how many legs he's got. I got a hunch he's going to be something special Sunday. I think people start to doubt him. I I, have, I I I I think that. Well, you got the whole Cincinnati's beating what three times in a row. Yes. Thing I, I I don't know. Like if you beat Mahomes four times in a row, then you, they probably should just go ahead and put you in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. I, I just that's tough. All right. And so, then the other one, I, I I honestly I don't care who wins. I just and excited about it. Yeah, how about that? So, yep. Gardner, Gardner mentioned the offseason. We'll talk more, but what's, 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 He'll be down here. what's going to happen? Yeah, he's moving back to here. Any idea what – oh, he is. He's coming yeah. to Jacksonville. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's going to live in an RV or a house? Or no, what? he's got a place. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's renting him a place. He's actually going to sleep in a bed instead of a bus. So, he's and, already, that's already a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah so, he'll be back in Jacksonville this offseason. So, so, oh, the mania is back. It's back. That's breaking news. You Did you know that? That's awesome. Not to give a free plug, I'm sorry, but I'm going to. But you can find us at Taco Lou most weeks. Like, I mean, <laughs> That's where it'll be. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, and Anthony Richardson's training's going well. Yeah. Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Go, going better than we thought. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do Jenny. you see Josh Allen falling back at all? Uh, Buffalo's no. not very happy with their season. Uh, do you think Josh Josh Allen's superstar for the next? No. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think he's a surefire. They've got their guy the next 10 years who's going to be a top five quarterback in the league. Some years five, some years one. Yeah. Like, what what happened know. is he ran into Joe Burrow, yeah. and and Burrow beat him, and now people have lost some confidence in, in Allen. I don't it's understand this either because like, you, how do you lose confidence in somebody that three weeks ago, like nobody thought they should even play a game. These they have been through yeah. so much in the last three weeks. Is anybody surprised that they got blown out because of mental fatigue? Probably. That's a great point. That is a great point. You know what? That is. I haven't heard anybody say that to you. Just said it, but that stuff. And I'm not. Making, and I don't care about the Bills and yeah. the Bengals either way. It's not like I'm rooting for one or the other or trying to defend one or the other. But that is a really good point. Nobody's talked about it, but that stuff is real. It wears you, uh, Danny. I can remember. I was told so when Keontae Johnson collapsed for the Florida basketball team. Uh, remember, it was right after COVID, so nobody knew if it was COVID related. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, I was told by someone really close to it, like really close that those players had trouble even going to practice again. They were scared, and they finally agreed after 10 days off to go ahead and play their season, and their next game was at Vanderbilt. I've told Hayes this story. Their next game was at Vanderbilt. When they did the shoot-around that morning at 11, they got spooked all over again mm-hmm. because it was a morning, almost like a morning game, like early game, and, and then Mike White had to ask them after the Vanderbilt shoot-around, are you sure you want to do this? Because I will cancel the game right now, and no one's going to think less of you. And they had, a, I mean, they, 10 days later, a shoot around. They weren't sure they could play the game that night. Now, they blew them out. They played great. You remember, but well, and in both scenarios, too, like it's the very same scenario. Of, imagine you're playing a game, everything's going well. And in that case, in, in Buffalo's case, a very big game. Yeah, right, right. And then you basically see your teammate die. Correct. Like, yes, they revived him. Yeah. But they watched their teammate die. Right. And, and, and everybody thinks that three weeks later, like they're just going to come out all bouncy and full of energy and be able to to handle adversity. Like, man, come yeah, on, it's a great point. I, I had not thought about it. Yeah. You said it was a great point. Danny, great work all year. Thanks, we appreciate, appreciate it. it. Danny Thompson does a great job, and we 
we'd really do appreciate that. It'll be a, the whole quarterback thing will be very interesting to see what happens with all of it. Trevor is headed to great great heights. I can't wait to watch Carson Beck play. I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's just the thought of watching him play. I'm, I'm thrilled about that. I th- and by the way, I think I've told Dennis before. I think he's going to be ridiculous. Don't you get that? I mean, he's yeah. he's on a great team. He's well coached. Um, what do you think happens with the Vols? Heupel just got bumped to nine million. Nine a million. By the way, I was going to say earlier. I made a, I made the comparison earlier that I didn't think coaches. Um, now they made more than these because the GE or the IBM um, president makes only two or three million. I got about seventy-eight tweets. People said, "Frank, he made twenty-one million last year." So sorry about that. I was I was a little off on the business side of it. So, but uh, yeah, I, I, good for Hype. He's a good guy. Good for him. Uh, let's say hello to Taylor Dahl. Now the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com/careers. Equal opportunity employer. You know what you're missing. What? You're missing a groovy, the word <laughs> groovy, the peace sign. Remember the old peace sign? Mm-hmm. And you're in a Volkswagen van. Oh, I would love that. If I Do put you... you in a Volkswagen van, the, the peace sign and mm-hmm. the, in, in the word groovy. I would love it. I literally, and people still make fun of me, but I would trade my car right now for a Volkswagen bug in yeah. a heartbeat. Yeah. Like Volkswagen bugs I've been obsessed with since I was little. Love it. My nickname's Bug, like when growing reason. up because I was so obsessed with bugs. Well, the reason I say is Taylor's wearing... Big time bell bottom. These are nine. <laughs> got the big ones. These on are there. 1967 <laughs> flower child. Have you seen these? these I have things? not. Did you see them? They, yeah, I walked they, in the building they this are morning. Bell bottom. <laughs> I walked in the building this morning, and you know this hallway is very long. Right. So as soon as I opened the door, there was about seven different people in the hallway <laughs> that were like, "Oh my gosh, the bell bottoms!" Yeah. I was like, "They're back." Blaylock used to wear those about once every two or three weeks. She mm-hmm. brought the bell, and they're they were about as bell belly as yours are. <laughs> There you go. So, so how you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. You know, uh, it's been a little chaotic the last few weeks. So much so, Frank, that I was just sitting there and I'm like, okay, it's time for helmets and heels. And I'm like, where's my laptop? Completely <laughs> thought I lost my laptop because yeah. this last two weeks has been so crazy. Yeah. Um, but I guess when you are a winning football team, things yeah. get a little crazier. When I just want to say this, uh, Taylor's uh, workspace has moved. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, she used to have a, her workspace was right next to Hayes's. And now it's kind of right next to mine. I'm going to say it's a trade-off. Okay, okay I just, I'm gonna, uh, I've been waiting all day to point that out. Okay, so, so there's that. I've had about five offices in the last eight months, so hopefully <laughs> I'm here to stay me. for and this, a while. And this was your mind. So okay, what's coming up tonight? What are we doing? Uh, well, obviously we'll recap the Jack season a little bit, uh, how we feel about it now, um, our expectations for the off season and moving forward, and then obviously, so it's a lot of Jags today. A lot of us just kind of going over how we feel about this season and where we think they can go, um, but. Also, a little bit around the NFL, there's a lot of question marks, I think, when it comes to quarterbacks around the league that have been steadily in the league for a while. A while. Guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr are all yeah. names that are floating around of where they'll be. So we'll take a look at some of the other NFL teams and uh, see kind of what we predict. Obviously, I want Aaron Rodgers gone forever, so I'm, I'm cheering for that one. But then today I see it could be Tennessee or Colts, and I was like, if he follows we me here, no, <laughs> he he would do it to torment me. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would. All right, it's all good. Taylor, thanks. Thank you. Taylor, Mia, and uh, Lauren had that tonight. Folks, that'll do it for our program. We don't go anywhere. You know, Hamilton Hills comes up right now. Tomorrow, we heading back to Bartram. We are. Oh, let's coconut, go. Coconut shrimp. Coconut shrimp. Oh and, my uh, goodness. Wings and whatever we want. Up. Come out see us. We will be at the Island Wing Company Bartram location tomorrow. We'd love to see you uh, out there. Uh, we're out of here. Don't go anywhere. Helmets and Hills is next. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Franzi. So long.